on this episode of This Is Game Boy, with wings wide open. Welcome to this place, it's called the Underworld. to another episode of This Is Game Boy. I'm E. Bloody Candy, and with me this time, and as always, is Mola. Hello! So before we dive into this Valentine's Day special of an episode, because you heard my harmonic angelic voice in the intro, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what have you been up to, Mo? Yeah, let's uh, let's dive into that a little bit first, like always. Um, I'm not gonna go deep detail in all of these because then it's just gonna be another one-hour intro or something. Um, nice. So besides Game Boy, uh, let's start with that. I played the Bloodstained Classic Mode DLC, uh, which is just what you expect. It's like Castlevania, but with uh, with the character of Bloodstained. What's her name again? Miriam, I guess. Uh, it was fun. I think it took me like an hour and a half, two hours or something. Uh, Is that it, the first Bloodstained? Yeah, yeah. Like, like the the actual Bloodstained. Like not uh, Curse of the Moon. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the Ritual of the Night or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I free didn't, DLC. I didn't, know a DL- I didn't know a DLC came out for it. Yeah, free DLC. Uh, it's fun. Like, it's nothing special. It's fun. Um, then I finally completed the Mega Man Legacy 1 and 2, <laughs> Collection 1 and 2, I have no idea how to name it, I just, I completed Mega Man 1 through 10, there we go, <laughs> let's just say it like that, so that's with all the challenges and stuff that comes with the collection, uh, so that was fun for me because i love Mega Man. um but the only thing i can say if you have no idea how to speed run any of these games don't even try it like it's ridiculous what they expect you to do um i'm really glad i like grew up on twitch with the Mega Man speedruns because otherwise <laughs> there, there would have been no way i was ever able to do this but uh yeah if you really like Mega Man and you know how to uh how to speedrun it a little bit. You don't have to be good or anything. You just need to know the techniques. Um, it, it will help you out a lot. But yeah, it, it takes a lot of dedication to get through those. But it was fun, at least for me. Um, there's only one that, that really got under my uh, skin. But which one was that again? Oh yeah, the, the Wily 7 fight. Um, that I hate that fight. It's just... Not too. Oh, you don't. You don't like the RNG capsule that floats around to the point where you can't reach it, even with a power spring. Yeah, indeed. It, it's it's just not fun to do, and the time constraint for that one is, I think, uh, three minutes and thirty seconds, and that sounds a lot. Um, oh, that's tight. Uh, that, 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 that sounds like a lot of time because it's just uh, Wily only has two phases in that game. It's like the jumping skeleton robot and then the saucer. But the problem is the timer starts as soon as you enter the screen, which means he has to walk onto the stage, which already takes away like 40 seconds. So I'm like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And it's super hard. If, if everybody has ever played Mega Man 7, they'll know like 
the final fight in that game is absolutely ridiculous. I even know how to play it now and I still can't reach the time. I think actually I ended as a 3.31 and I was not happy with that. So I just just did another one in, instead of that. So That's at least still, you can do that. It's still tight time because like you, like you said, you have the 40 second walk-in and then once you defeat the jumpy phase, like there's that transition period from the jumpy phase to the capsule phase, yep. which takes another like 20 or 30 seconds. Yeah, and the timing does not end like you would expect in a speed run at the final hit no he has to explode and fall down and then the timer stops so it's like it's ridiculous uh, i would skip that one if you're not good at it like I, well i am good at it now but the timing is still compared to all oh. the other challenges it's it's just ridiculous i, I wouldn't try it uh, but i had a lot of fun with this i tried a little bit of the well i already did the Mega Man X. Legacy Collection 1, I completed that one. That one is uh, Mega Man 1, uh, X1 through 4. That was super easy, uh, but now I'm at the second one, which is 5, 6, 7, and 8. Um, 5 and 6 I'm pretty much done with, except for one trophy where the Enigma has to uh, shoot the colony. Um, and that's pure random. Uh, I've been resetting two hours and it still hasn't happened. So I'm like, I really don't want to do this right now. Um, and X7 and X8, I'm just not familiar enough with the games. And if you want to play them as the other Mega Man X games, it doesn't work because it's completely different. And I, I just can't finish 7 even. Like, it... it Again, the seven. What's up with the sevens in the Mega Man games? <laughs> they tend to like screw you over somehow. But yeah, I'll get to that one whenever I. Uh, I think one two. I think X sevens hailed as like the worst in the X series, ain't it? It is because they experimented with the 3D, and yes, I agree, it is bad. Um, but it was nice of them to try something new. Sadly, it failed. But uh, th that's not like not even the problem that I have with that game. It's just that it plays so much different than all the things that came before and that makes it really hard to like um switch gears i would say like you're so used to playing it that style and then suddenly you have to switch to a completely different gameplay um makes it hard but yeah i'll, I'll get back to that whenever i want um i'm done for now with mega man <laughs> i'll get back to it i guess <laughs> um yeah but like I'm, I'm just trying to complete some games that i have flying around like i haven't bought anything new or anything so i'm just looking at my shelf like i have so many ps4 games so i picked out uncharted the lost legacy which is the final uncharted game or what they would call the spin-off because you don't play as Nathan Drake, but you play as two of the other characters from the series. That was a lot of fun. Um, it's only like a 10-hour game and a 16-hour completing game. Um, it, it was a nice side story, and it's just more Uncharted, and I love the Uncharted series, so um, that was a lot of fun for me to play through. Um, then I'm kind of playing Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Um, I've mentioned it before, I hate it when people write articles and they're like, oh, this is the Dark Souls of blah blah blah, <laughs> which they also did for Crash 4, and what? I absolutely agree this time, this game is absolutely bonkers when it comes to difficulty, it's like the hardest Crash Bandicoot game I've ever played in my life. Um, today I finished, finished, I 
I'm not even starting with the completion of that. I just finished this, the uh, main story. The final stage, the final part of the final stage, which is a 20 second uh, section that you have to get through, took me an hour and a half and I died like 80 times on it. It's like bonkers what they did with that game. And I must commend them for it because that's what people wanted. They wanted a like a, a good sequel, like a hard sequel, but this one is like crazy. I don't think a lot of people will actually finish this game even if you're not familiar with the series. So um Sounds yeah, like B1. Sounds like you all grown soft in, in your old age compared to the <laughs> yeah. PS1 days. Yeah, you would think so, but no. Like <laughs> one, 1, 2, and 3 are like a cakewalk compared to this game. Uh, but it is a great game, so um, don't let that scare you. But uh, be warned that this is absolutely not an easy game. It's, it's not for newcomers or anything like that. So, uh, yeah. Um, and after that, I also uh, played Finding Paradise, probably a title not everybody knows, um, but it's the sequel to To the Moon, which came out years ago, which is like, a, you can call it an RPG because it looks like an RPG and it was made in RPG Maker, I believe, back then as well. Um, it, it's, you don't fight in this game. It's basically a story-based game where you walk around like you would in um, a Super Nintendo Age uh, RPG, like a top-down view, and you can interact with people. But that's all you do. But it, I'm not going to explain the entire story about, uh, about To The Moon, but I would definitely check out this series. You can buy like the entire package on Steam and on Switch. It's, it's out as well. Um, but it, it's like a story about a company that grants people's last wishes when they're about to die um, and how they do it is with like a machine that goes into their mind and they go through all their memories and they see if they have like any regrets or something like that and then they change it so their final thoughts when they die basically um, like they fix something that you were missing in your life or something like that. But it, it goes deeper than that. There's like a, an entire backstory going on as well. And I am not a person to like get emotional when watching movies or, or listening to music or reading things or stuff like that. But both To The Moon uh, and Finding Paradise uh, really, really got to me in the end. So I was really tearing up. Um, and that's very surprising for like... A low budget indie game um, but it has like such an amazing story and, and it's not sadness that makes you cry it's more like yeah the the entire journey you take with these people throughout their memories and at the end you're like oh god damn it <laughs> they got me like i wasn't expecting it to happen again with finding paradise because i came at the end and i was like oh this isn't as emotional as to the moon and two minutes later i was just crying so uh yeah, if, if you want, like, a very relaxing, soothing, uh, emotional game to play, or games in this case, uh, definitely check them out. Both are, like, four hours long, give or take. The first one has two mini-episode DLCs tied to it, which are all half an hour long, and there's an in-between game that does tie in into Finding Paradise that's, like, an hour long. Um, but I would definitely recommend that series. And, and not... It, 
the game is well known, but not a lot of people played it, and I think people should do that for sure. Alright, beyond that, of course, uh, more portable pleasure. Only did a few games because everybody keeps hitting me with this long puzzle games uh, lately. Um, and I checked my list and I still have like 65 puzzle games left. So I'm trying to uh, do as many as I can, actually. Uh, first I did Tetris Blast. Which is probably the most fun variation on Tetris I ever played. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, instead of like making lines, you have to make bombs that blow up the lines. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I don't know. I just really liked playing it. and It, it didn't feel too hard in any point because it's like quote-unquote puzzles you have to solve or stages you have to solve and i think uh i think it plays really well um i've also played bust and move 3 dx i'm still not sure why they call it dx because you would think a uh, game boy color game or something but it isn't um yeah if you know bust and move or puzzle bobble there it is but for a game boy um it does have like a few different modes you can do. You can do arcade mode, you can do versus CPU mode, and then challenge mode, I believe. Challenge mode is whatever. Like, it, it just gives you some challenges to do, but you don't have to win, and you will still move on. You just get rated at the end of the entire challenge. Uh, arcade mode is just a single-player experience in uh, Bust and Move or Puzzle Bobble. And versus CPU can go to hell. I will never play that again. I absolutely hate that so much. Um, yeah, it's it's just very, very horrible. So um, Besides that, I also played D-Mouse. I think I talked about Autozotty Phantom uh, before. Um, it's, I think, the sequel to that. It's in the same vein. It's like a isometric perspective game uh, made by the studio of Alberto Gonzalez, which we talked about last episode. Uh, but this one is not so much a stage-based quick puzzle game, but it's like cooperative puzzle game throughout many different uh, rooms, basically. You control a mouse and you control an elephant and you have to solve puzzles together to, uh, to move on. Um, besides that, there's... Much, much, not much more I can say about it in a short amount of time. Maybe we should do an episode <laughs> on like both these games or something. Because uh, yeah, they're I, I, I haven't played uh, I haven't played DMS yet. I've played the other one though. Yeah, yeah, they're very interesting games. So it would be nice to take a look at them because they're only released in Germany as well. Things like yeah. that. It's it's like an interesting thing to talk about for sure. Uh, and we can always try and contact Alberto Gonzalez again, actually. So uh, he, he loves uh, those. Yeah, so we can definitely do that in the future. Um, after that, I played Super Offroad, which is the most horrible racing game ever released <laughs> on Game Boy. Nobody should ever play this. Uh, moving on. Um, and I played uh, Battletoads in Ragnarok's World, which is the NES port of Battletoads. Uh, I like this game a lot. I love the Battletoads series. I had a lot of fun with it. The only thing I can say, it's too easy to get the warp uh, in this game. Um, because I was not trying to get it, but I always got it. 
Luckily, it skipped stage four, which is the ho most horrible stage ever invented, I think. Because uh, sure. I only got there once and I or twice and I couldn't even beat it. Uh, so I was happy that I could skip that one, even on accident. Um, but yeah, I, I'd rather not play that stage. But the rest of the game is fine. It's Battletoads, it's challenging. Sometimes the, the controls totally screw you over or... The game itself totally screwed. I mean, yeah, everybody knows Battletoads. Like, <laughs> that's just how it is. It's basically a game of remembering literally everything. Um, not so much react. It's it's literally remembering everything. Um, but yeah, I like playing. And that, uh, that's the final Battletoads game I had to play. I liked all of them. Oh, you're lucky. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed them. I think the first... Well, the original Game Boy 1 is still the best out of the three. Um, I think maybe that one came out after Ragnarok's World, um, so they could like adjust some uh, some things here and there. Uh, or maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. Uh, we haven't done an episode on it, so <laughs> I've not looked into it. Uh, and currently I'm playing Lemmings. Um, <laughs> Lemmings is the worst puzzle game ever invented, in my opinion. But it's going fine. Like... It's it's going fine. Like that's all I can say. Like I'm not enjoying it or something, but I mean it's also not pissing me off, and that's already <laughs> a big big good thing about it. So uh, yeah, not we'll yet. see how that goes. I still have a lot of stages to do, but it it it's fine. Let me say that it's fine. When when that raffle went off and that person won, I was like, I was, I was, I've been trying to get you to play Super Hunchback for yeah. so long and I cannot win a raffle in your <laughs> channel. Indeed. And I'm like, God, I'm like, come on, let me win a raffle. Like, he is going to suffer through this game like I did. <laughs> and, and then he, the, 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 one of your viewers won and they, I'm like, rigged and they got like, Super Offroad. I'm like, never mind. <laughs> this person's <laughs> fantastic. Because I've played that game, and it is awful. It is really, really <laughs> awful. Uh, and the thing is that at least the Game Boy version has no distinct ending to it. Um, like in the NES version, uh, and poor, poor yeah. NES challengers, you have to beat 99 <laughs> stages of this game. Um, yeah. But in the so Game Boy version, there's seven different tracks, and they can mirror, but it's all random. Um, so you never know what you're going to get, basically. Uh, so as soon as you've seen the seven stages, the game is over, basically, because it's an arcade game and it keeps going and going and going. And there's absolutely no ending at all. Um, it would be fine if the game also wasn't broken, because it is. It, it's just not programmed well. I was doing one race and suddenly one of the opponents mysteriously disappeared and reappeared at the finish line again. Luckily, it didn't count as a lab, but like, if it was just not a fun experience at all. And maybe the other versions are slightly better, but this one is is absolute garbage. So yeah, I haven't played the NES version yet, but I've played the Game Boy version twice. It's not it's not good, not a good time. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I met the requirements for beating this game, 
But Atros, who uh, sometimes also does a Game Boy Challenge, <laughs> he played this up until stage 101 and it just kept going oh, and then he stopped. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> like, <laughs> after an hour, I was just done. <laughs> so, Dedication right there. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying play... to check if it was like the NES version, but it isn't. Oh. So yeah, play no. it until you game over and move on. Watching you play Battletoads too. Like, I... I don't like Battletoads. I like the new Battletoads game, the the, the newest one from Rare, which yeah. is apparently the, the worst one for, according to most people. I like Battletoads, but <laughs> I uh, I like the newest Battletoads, but I, I I don't like Battletoad games at all. I I just I don't like I I like the music in them, but I don't like anything else about Battletoads. And watching Mo do the the dark tower climb and watching platforms not spawn for him. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, see, and you all <laughs> think Battletoads is a fantastic video game. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I just always like playing those games. <laughs> I don't even like playing them with friends because you can hurt each other. <laughs> like I just, I don't like Battletoad games. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's all i have so uh what have you been up to i already know the answer but <laughs> i i have played so many games in the last couple weeks i mean i probably have played my entire collection in the last two weeks <laughs> um i've been playing assassin's creed valhalla uh that's all i've been playing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 uh, I think I'm at like 120 hours in Assassin's Creed Valhalla now. I think I'm at like a 60% done with the trophies. I'm almost done with the story. Um, yeah, it's... I, I, I hit the threshold yesterday where I just sat there and complained about the game for an hour <laughs> on stream. And I'm like, okay, we've, we've hit the threshold of I am tired of playing this game. We need to get this done. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've basically, like, the last two months has been nothing but Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, last night, I actually got Backyard Football up and running last night. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Backyard Football at all. I but, saw uh, uh, Gilgatex play the Game Boy Advance version during his oh, no, uh, 25 hour stream. Uh, that's the bad version. Yeah, apparently it's not good at all. No. But for me, any American football game is bad because the rules <laughs> make absolutely no sense to a European. So. Well, here's the thing there are no rules in backyard football. Well, in that one, not. No, no. But like the general <laughs> idea of the actual sport is like, no. <laughs> sure. but uh the back the backyard sports series were very popular in the early early 2000s um and well they don't make them anymore they stopped making them in 2008 i think <laughs> so i was like well i want to play backyard football because a friend and i were talking about playing backyard football and i was like well i want to play backyard football and i think i spent two hours last night getting backyard football to work on a windows 10 computer <laughs> but I, I got it to work and I was playing backyard football for like three hours last night. It was fantastic. It's everything I could remember. Pablo Sanchez is the greatest football player on God's, <laughs> God's green earth. <laughs> Cannot be stopped. 
But uh, I plan on streaming it, like, once I once we finish Assassin's Creed, like, I'm going to do, like, a month of retro stuff, so Game Boy, Virtual Boy, all that stuff. And I, was, I want to do Backyard Football as one of the, as one of the things, so that's a game you don't really see on Twitch all that often. Definitely not, no. So, but that's really all I've been up to is playing Assassin's Creed. I'm, I'm trying to get that, that hell of a game done right now. <laughs> yeah, at least it uh, provides some very fun... yesterday i had a floating fish so yesterday i I killed a deer and then it transformed into a a a trout and it was just floating out of the water on the shore and i was like what so i just kill i killed the fish and got a get a trout in my inventory i'm like all right and then like throughout the game like there's these altars and whatnot you're supposed to like dedicate you're supposed to give stuff to these altars right to to pray and whatnot and uh one of them requires ten bullheads. If you don't know a bullhead, it's kind of like a catfish. Yeah. And you have to fish. The fishing in the game is the absolute worst system I've ever seen in an Assassin's Creed game. It is awful. It's buggy. It barely works. It is just a terrible experience. So what I do is I cast out the line to catch the fish. So it counts towards my catching fish trophy. And then I take out my bow and I shoot the fish in the water, and I go loot them. <laughs> and then I find out where they spawn, and I just go there with my sword and just start slicing. And I, I think I walked away with like a hundred trout last night from the stream. <laughs> well, that's one way to do it. So, I mean, uh, it's a fun game. It's riddled with bugs, though. Absolutely riddled with bugs. As that, always, that, that make that makes for the experience. <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard anything about an Assassin's Creed game for years where bugs are not apparent. <laughs> there, oh, like it's it's just a thing that happens with Assassin's Creed, and take it as you well, will. But like the ones that remain in the end after the patches are usually fun, at least. Uh, yeah. But yeah, sadly, they always have like game breaking bugs at the start of the release, which uh, well which sucks for, for the players. For Valhalla, this is my third attempted playthrough. Yeah. So like the first two attempts I did at this game, I I broke the game so bad that I couldn't progress through the game anymore. So I, I like I, I I shelved the game for like a month before I returned to it, and then when I returned to it, Yuletide. Uh, was introduced because so they're doing like events throughout the thing as well too so the next one is probably gonna be midsummer and yuletide was introduced i was like oh cool let's go check out yuletide and there was a there's a bug with yuletide where if you did the (laughs) drinking game if you did the drinking game no every time that you would respawn your character would respawn drunk which doesn't sound like a bad time, but if you're drunk, you can't lock onto enemies. <laughs> Great. So it makes combat nearly impossible to do. <laughs> it went away when Yuletide went away, but uh, that was a very annoying bug. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I think they have a separate team at Ubisoft that just makes bugs. Like, I'm assuming so. I think people are just out to sabotage Ubisoft Montreal. 
They're just, you guys can program some bugs in here, right? <laughs> we have this finished product, but no, just put some bugs in because people are expecting it anyway. So. Dude, I, I can't wait to see the bugs that come from the Star Wars games from Ubisoft. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Poor so Ubisoft. excited. I'm so excited to see it. They're becoming the new Bethesda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> name a Bethesda game that's not broken I, uh, I I'll, have, I'll the, wait <laughs> the problem is I don't know many Bethesda games oh. so there, there starts the problem because <laughs> most oh, of yeah, them are more like first person anyways and yeah. I steer away from those that's fair that's fair I, I yeah I like Doom and Elder Scrolls so yeah I still I still play it but I, that's not saying they're not broken though yeah <laughs> But yeah, I literally just been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I have it. Backyard football was last night, and that was my first change of pace in two months. So, <laughs> other than other than our episodes, obviously, but you know, I I played I played uh, uh, Kid Icarus on Tuesday. So, yeah, and I have played it yesterday actually. Yeah, it's which definitely is fresh on my mind. Which is what this episode is about. Oh my god. Segway. Planned. Yeah. Not even in the notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And, so uh, yeah. We we picked this game because we're releasing this episode on Valentine's Day. And Kid Icarus kind of looks like uh, St. Valentine, I guess he's called. Uh, Cupid. Cupid. Or like Cupid, yeah. Depending on which one you... What is it, the Roman or the Greek? I I don't know. One, they're well, both the same. Greek, I believe. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're the same. They're entity. the same. So, um, yeah, um, he kind of looks like it. So we we just went with with the episode. Look, it makes sense. Okay, never mind. He shoots. He shoots arrows. Yeah, not All love right. arrows, but come on, it's it's close can- enough. You can yeah. pretend that he's shooting love and the hate and it's going away. <laughs> yeah. There's this an eggplant. The... That's all you need to know. There's an eggplant for sure. Yeah. One of that's the... all that's <laughs> all you need for Valentine's. Day. <laughs> 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 but yeah, we, we just wanted to do a Valentine's Day episode and uh I think this is the closest game you're gonna get on Game Boy when it comes to Valentine's Day. Yeah. So so perfect fit. Um, but speaking of love, before we dive into this uh, episode, uh, we mentioned it on our Twitter for sure. If you are following us there, but our producer Lex actually got married yesterday. For us, at least for you guys, it will be two weeks ago. But yeah. Congratulations to Lex and Petra. Very nice, very nice. And it's awesome. Yeah, and for this occasion, for this occasion, I have written a very short poem, a completely original poem. Um, you have probably never heard of this before, but I will dedicate this to uh, to Lex and Petra here. So uh, here we go. <clears throat> Love and marriage. Love and marriage. Go together like a handheld and cartridge. This I tell you, brother, you can't play one without the other. There you go. There you go. Totally original poem by me to celebrate love. 
Hope you all enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, it, it is original. Yeah, it's you know, totally yeah. original. I have, I have no... Like, it just came to mind, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this sounds great. Uh, somebody should make a song of this probably sometime in their life. Uh, and maybe use it as a like intro for some sitcom or whatever. But, uh, yeah, there you go. That's... Uh, <laughs> Especially for you, Lex and Petra. And everybody else celebrating love on this nice Valentine's Day, of course. I'm not celebrating love. I'm going to go raid England some more. <laughs> uh, I'll be lying in my bed watching TV or so. I don't know. Like, <laughs> whatever. Probably releasing this podcast or something and that's all i'm gonna do that day. <laughs> well yeah with with that said <laughs> let's dive into uh this uh this episode's game kid icarus of myths and monsters right after this break Welcome back, everybody, from that uh, Grim Reapers theme from uh, Kid Icarus, by the way. Probably one of the better songs in the game, in my opinion. But the entire soundtrack is pretty pretty poppin', so... It is good, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the game, so... Released in November of 1991 in the US. May 21st of 1992 in the EU. And Japan wouldn't get this game until Virtual Console, which is actually really interesting mm-hmm, to know. For sure. Because I believe it's the NES, NES Famicom version where you can only get the good ending of Kid Icarus on the Japanese version. I did not know that. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting to know that Japan didn't get this game until much, much later. Um yeah, and, and definitely also because it was literally made by Nintendo Japan, um, which is very surprising that they don't release the game in their own country. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look up to see... Uh, well, I would go look up to see what Kid Icarus NES came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it goes. Kid Icarus NES... So Kid Icarus NES came out in 86. Yeah. Very early game on the NES library. Designed by Daddy Yokoi, so... Um, maybe it just didn't do... I, I, I don't know nothing about how NES games were received unless they were like crazy popular like Mega Man or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't received well in the West, I don't know. Or maybe it was received well in the West, but not in Japan. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. That's super weird. Definitely but, of, uh, of one of the... It's a well-known IP, for sure, Kid Icarus, but it doesn't have a oh, lot yeah. of games tied to it. But uh, yeah, it, it's kind of weird that this one just didn't have a Jap- Japanese yeah. release at all. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of titles tied to it, but it, do- it does make a lot of appearances throughout a lot of Nintendo games. Like, yeah. bits and pieces of it. So... 
um, designed by Masafumi Sakashita. Uh, for those that don't know whom that is, they uh, did Metroid 2. Uh, the uh, in Galactic Pinball, uh, Samus's ship was featured in there, and then the last game they did for Nintendo was Tetris Attack. So, yeah, that's a very fun game. Yeah, uh, developed by Tose and Nintendo R and D one. Yeah, which was uh, Yokoi's team, of course, R and D one. Yep. Oh, he did have a hand in this one as well. Published by Nintendo, obviously. Um, really don't know anything about the, the composer for Game Boy. Uh, no, it, it is literally unknown. Like, I've checked various sources for this, but nobody seems to know who actually composed the music for this game at all. Because Hi- Hirokazu Tanaka did the NES one. Yes. But I don't think they did the Game Boy one. No, or they were just so uncredited that that we will never know. But yeah, this is something people have been trying to find out. But uh, yeah, literally nobody knows who did this. So it's very weird. Yeah. I... Does does Hirokazu have a Twitter? Just tweet at them like, hey, yo, did you, <laughs> did you do Kid Icarus Game Boy music? <laughs> the world wants to know for real. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, but I mean, the, the, the soundtrack for the game is quite good. Like if you're the composer of the game and you somehow happen to listen to this podcast, like don't be shy about this, this OST, like this, this soundtrack was very good. Yeah. I don't know the NES soundtrack that much, um, besides the main team, which is also in this game. Uh, but I don't know the other songs, uh, but it's it's a it's a pretty good soundtrack. It's like very recognizable themes that yeah. you may not hum uh, if you're not listening to it. But as soon as those uh, those uh, notes set in, you you just immediately remember the entire composition and you can just hum along. <clears throat> yeah, super super. Oh, that's a lot of plot. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I will cover that for <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a lot of plot. I, I was like, oh, let's just dive into the plot three and a half pages. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the plot of this game is uh, definitely an entire tome uh, <laughs> as, as it goes with like these mythology thingies. Um, and, and for this, Lex, if we have some like royalty-free Discovery Channel, History Channel music or something. Um, Let's just put that uh, under under the the telling of this tale of Icarus that I shall be be bringing right here. Let me just uh, blow this a little bit up because otherwise I may not... uh, see what I'm reading. Uh, But yeah, let's uh, dive into this. Damn, that's gonna hurt my throat for sure. Okay. (laughs) The Tale of Kid Icarus. Let us return to the past, a long, long time ago, in an age when the gods and men lived together in harmony. At that time, there was a kingdom called Angelland, which was founded by the goddess Palutina. Angel Land was a place where the sun was always shining and the people peacefully raised their crops. 
It was a good and happy place, and a smile never left the face of Palutina as she watched over the country from the Sky Palace. But one day, her smile was wiped away as a result of a dream, a terrible dream, which seemed so real and was much more horrible than the worst nightmare. Calling a soothsayer to her, she asked him to unravel the dream and foretell what was to pass. Seemingly in pain, the soothsayer began to speak. Angelland will be attacked. Attacked by an invasion of demons from another world. Terrible demons by the name of O... Or... Orcos. Upon uttering this name, the soothsayer was struck speechless, as voiceless as a stone. Palutina immediately summoned Pitt, the leader of the Icarus army. The personal bodyguards of Palutina, the Icarus army, was responsible for guarding the peace in Angelland, and none took their job lightly. Upon arriving, Pitt was asked to have a seat, a liberty not usually given by a goddess. Looking directly into his eyes, Palutina began, Pitt, thank you for coming. I have a task for you. She then told him of her dream and of the soothsayer. Pitt, this dream will come to pass, and I believe that it will happen in the not-too-distant future. I trust you, but you must tell no one else. News of these terrible demons will cast our peaceful angel land into chaos. I bid you now to begin training so that you may gain special magical power. I am placing all of my hopes and the fate of angel land on you, Pitt. You must be the one to battle the demons. Sitting back in her chair, Palutia continued, Since the day of old, Angelland has possessed the three sacred treasures. These treasures, when worn, will give the wearer the special magical powers to battle any demon. Yet alas, poor Pitt, you do not yet have sufficient power to wear these three sacred treasures. So Pitt, with the help of Palutina, devised a mission so that he might attain the power he needed to wear the three sacred treasures. This mission was threefold, to battle his way up the Underworld Tower, storm the Overworld, and conquer the dizzying heights of the Skyworld Tower. Only then would Pitt have sufficient power to enter the Sky Palace and wear the three sacred treasures. To keep the three sacred treasures safe in a case, Angelland was attacked while Pitt was away on his mission. Palutina sealed them and sent one to each of the fortress guardians. She knew that once they had their hands on the three sacred treasures, the fortress guardians would not give them up again without a fight. After Pitt's mission of training was complete and he had gained the ability to use the three sacred treasures, the job to defend Angelland from the Orcos would be his. With this plan in mind, Palutina then dispatched Pitt to the darkest depths of the Underworld Tower. You must help Pitt on his life or death mission to collect the three sacred treasures and return them quickly to the Sky Palace before the Orcas can overrun the land. But just what are the Orcas? Well, yeah, in case, uh, in case anybody wants the cliff notes, Angel Land, Demons, Palutina Goddess, Kid, well, Kid Pitt is the Kid, leader of the Icarus army. Needs to fight the Orcas. Needs the three sacred treasures. Makes himself stronger yeah. by traveling through basically hell, the earth, and then the way up to heaven. And then he goes and fights uh, the demon lord. There you go. Yeah, they also cliff note it in the actual game itself too. 
Yeah. When you first boot up the game, it has a scroll that goes up the screen that just says, uh, "What's her face had a had a dream." She calls on Pit. Pit, go, Pit goes into training. And he has to find some treasures and go beat up some people. So yeah. So gameplay. So now that we get to that small epic, <laughs> uh, gameplay controls of this game are actually quite good. Yeah. Um, I would expect nothing less from Nintendo and Tose. So, uh, A jumps, and then if you keep pressing it, you can flutter, and then as you progress through the game, it becomes a, a fly mechanism. Uh, B shoots your arrows. Uh, select, you can change to your hammer, which uh, we can talk about in the, uh, later when we get to the items, because there are a bazillion of them. <laughs> yep. Um, and start uh, pauses, and if you press it twice, you go into your inventory. Yeah, pretty simple. And you can also shoot upwards in this game by holding the yeah. up button, um, so you can take down enemies above you. Uh, down doesn't work in this game. Uh, I'm not it, sure. It just crouch. It, yeah. it just crouches. Yeah. yeah, but like in the air, um, I, I thought when I replayed it that you could shoot downwards as well, but I was wrong must be thinking of some other game that is similar uh but you can only shoot upwards or sideways in this one yeah uh before we dive too much into the items so the game does actually feature a save function yeah but it only saves it only saves wow it only saves after reaching a checkpoint at the end of each area so um yeah if you would game over and you reload this checkpoint um it just gives you all of the items you have collected thus far but it also gives you all of your lives back like you start with three lives um but if you like lose all of them and reset or continue from the start uh of the game you just get your lives back as well. So you have more chances to, to actually progress and not like be tied to your last life for the entirety of the game or something like that. Because one-ups are not available in this game. True story on that. Um, something really cool with the manual as well too is it actually shows like a Castlevania-esque map of how you squirrely squirrel your way through the game so that's kind of yeah. cool it's a really good manual to be honest like it's a little bit too much even like yeah it, it spells out basically everything except for the one thing you do need <laughs> to know <laughs> that is not spelled out but i'll get back uh, to that <laughs> later <laughs> but yeah besides that it, it yeah. literally explains everything from the game uh, so the items, we'll go over this. This is another small epic. Um, so each item in the game helps Pit to a degree. Uh, your hearts. So whenever you defeat an enemy, it turns into a heart. That's why we picked it for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you collect these hearts to swap them for items in the shop or the black market. Mm -hmm. uh, each big heart is worth ten hearts. Each half heart is worth five. The hammer, so we, we briefly discussed the hammer where you press select to use a hammer. Uh, the hammer is useful not only for defeating enemies, but it can smash the centurions and even knock them down, even knock down some walls. Uh, so if you have a hammer, press select, start smashing some things down instead of using your bow. 
Um, you do have a limited amount of hammers, if I remember right, though. Yeah, you literally start with zero hammers. Yeah. So um, there's two ways to actually acquire hammers in this game. One, by buying them in uh, the normal shop. Um, they always sell them for 20 hearts. Um, and the, the shops respawn. Um, like, you pick an item, you wait a little bit, and then, like, the stock uh, refreshes itself. It, it's yeah. a little cumbersome, because uh, you have to wait a small amount of time. But um, at least you don't have to, like, exit and, and re-enter, which you can't do anyways. Um, but, yeah, you can, like, stock up there. Uh, but you can also find a harp throughout the levels, and the harp changes all enemies on screen. <sighs> Quote-unquote, like... The screen you see is smaller than the active screen of the game, so enemies above you also turn into hammers. And they slowly float down, um, and you can tell that there is still a hammer available somewhere because the music changes as long as uh, the hammers are are spawning. So, uh, yeah, yep. that's how you get them. Yeah, fun fun fact: if you're a casual player, this game collect as many hammers as possible. Yeah, uh, they sure. are extremely useful. Um, recovery items. So we have the water of life or the goblet. Um, one little goblet full of water, uh, resource pits, life, life energy, just a little bit. Uh, the water of life, which is a bottle. Um, this return, this extends pits life, uh, for one full block. And then, yeah, it's, the it's like an auto potion or like a fairy yeah. in cell or something. Like as soon as you run out of, uh, of your life, it will refill it automatically, but only one block or full life. No, one one block. In one one, yeah. one block of yeah. yeah. The chalice is what fully restores you. So the yeah. water, the water of life chalice, um, will restore pits full, full health, and then you have the water barrel. Uh, and whenever Pit has the water barrel, he can store up to eight bottles of water of life. Um, but the water barrel itself doesn't do anything. It's just like another storage for health. Yeah, and that's something you can find uh, in the stores as well. I think it goes for like 300 hearts, uh, if I'm yeah, not it's mistaken. Pricey. But it's a one-time buy item, so once you have it, you will always have it. Yeah, so. it's an upgrade. Um, Then we have the harp, like... What Mo just mentioned, you touch the harp, everything turns into a, a hammer for a fixed amount of time. Then you have the feather. The feather, uh, you can fly for a, a, a fixed amount of time. Yeah, I've only uh, seen two me. of them in the entirety of the game, but uh, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen one. So, And then the, the credit card, because you know you had to have credit cards in the early <laughs> 90s. <laughs> Uh, Pitt may find a credit card in the treasure cha- in a treasure chamber. The credit card allows him to buy back one item in the black market. Yeah. Uh, so. This is an item I did not know existed until yesterday. Because, um, w- like I said, I was replaying the game and I checked out the manual first because uh, I was doing notes as well. I was like, credit card? What is this? I've never seen this before. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a credit card, apparently. And, yeah, I... I did find uh, some of them, which is pretty useful if you find a black market for sure. Yeah, I didn't know they existed in the game until very recently. Yeah. Uh, uh, then Satyrians. Satyrians await at, uh, at each stage, smash them with a hammer. 
uh, and an item will sometimes appear. Not all the time. Yeah, sometimes. like the, these things are. I think ninety nine percent of the time they just hold a small life uh, thingy yeah. uh, goblet. So besides that, they they don't really do much besides block your ways until some doors. Uh, but they have a function actually in uh, in the fortresses. They're they're a little different there. Then we have a key, which uh, if you don't know what a key does, well, you're you're you're, you're a tough one. <laughs> yeah. uh, it opens a locked door for those yeah. of you that don't know what a key does. Um, Palutina is it Palutina or Palutena? Palutina, yeah, I think. Palutina, so. okay. Palutina's key uh, is hidden. Uh, near the end of each area, uh, all the doors of the area will open when Pit touches the when Pit touches her key. Uh, Palutena's key only appears if Pit has entered each room in the area. So yeah, another item I did not know existed, and Same. I still have never seen it. Uh, so I can't even confirm that it exists or not. Yeah, I I I didn't know this item this item existed either, just like the credit card until recently. Yeah. So, um, special fortress items. We didn't talk about fortresses yet, but we, we will eventually, uh, once we, <laughs> we get, get to this, this novel of an item list, uh, maps, this, it's, it's a map. Um, so, but it, the fun part about the cool thing about the maps though, is that it's a, it's, it doesn't help you unless you also have the pencil or the torch. Mm-hmm. Um, the torch shows you your position on the map and the pencil tells you where you've been on the map. So the map itself is completely useless without the other items, which I thought was actually a pretty cool thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, the map in Zelda does uh, show you where you have been, uh, and in which room you are in. Uh, but a torch kind of works like the compass there that, that you know where an item is, but in this case it just shows where you are. Um, yeah. But uh, do you need these items? Absolutely no. not. Uh, but they are useful if you're playing this game for the first time. And um, like I said, those Centurions that only dropped those health files earlier, they actually hold these items uh, during the fortress stages. So you need yep. a lot of hammers. Lots of hammers. Lots and lots of hammers. Um, then our boy Zeus hooks us up. Um, he can give us an extra life block. He can give us some power arrows. Um, what else can he give us? Uh, he can give you the three normal upgrades in the game. Um, he can give you the fire arrow, uh, the longbow, and the protective crystals. Um, but how you acquire those, I will dive into later. But those are the main upgrades you can collect throughout the normal part of the game. Let's call it like that. Yeah. Then we get into the three sacred treasures. You got the wings of Pegasus uh, that allows you to fly like a bird. As we mentioned earlier, you can fly permanently in the game. Then you get the light arrows, which will defeat most enemies in a single shot and can be fired continuously. And then the silver armor, which halves the damage to the wearer from enemy attacks. Yeah. 
but you will not be seeing those until the very last stage of the until game. Until the very end of the game. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just like I said uh, when I was reading the plot, these are the three treasures that got locked in the dungeons with the bosses, and these are the ones you need in order to defeat the final boss, basically. Yeah. Well, that's all the items in the game. Those are indeed all the items. Um, besides that, there are also various chambers through this game. Um, so let's go over those real quickly. First off, there is the bat chamber. Um, you with it with a T, but it's also you could say it with a D because this room literally does nothing for you but spawn bats that you can shoot. Um, it is good for something, which I'll come back to later again. Uh, but this is basically a trap give or take. Um, you also can find hint chambers. Um, those will just give you a clue about the current level you're on, if there's something hidden or things like that. Um, nothing more to do there. Then there is the treasure chamber. Uh, this is a special chamber where there's, I think, seven pots uh, hidden throughout uh, the room. And when you fire one of them, it will cost you five hearts, but you will get an item in return. Um, this could be a hammer, this could be a big heart, but it could also have the God of Poverty, uh, which you do not want. Um, once you've hit the God of Poverty, um, you cannot open any other jars, they actually disappear, and he just laughs at you because you, uh, you found him. Uh, but this treasure chamber is actually mildly important uh, if you get lucky. Um, I was playing it yesterday and I used the save states to just see what it actually does. But if you shoot all the pots besides the one where the God of Poverty is in, um, that one actually transforms into an item and the items that you can get there are the credit card and the other one I found were the barrel. So that's like a free oh. barrel that's like 300 hearts you know don't have to spend plus you can buy a free item from the black market so um yeah it is very useful to get these but without safe stating you have to get pretty lucky to actually uh to actually get there so yeah, as i said i didn't know that actually was a thing yeah that's, that's super helpful it is very helpful but yeah that's how you get the credit card it's the only way to get the credit card in this game but yeah it's it's pure luck, basically, if you get it or not. Um, I did see when you enter the room, it has a set RNG or, or set layout or whatever you want to call it. So um, it's not like the, uh, the, 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 what's it called again? The God of Poverty does not switch between pots or anything. Like it's set from the start, but uh, yeah, once you fail it, you're done anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, what else do we have? We have the Sacred Chamber. Um, this is where you could get an arrow upgrade. Could get. Um, I'll get back to that later again, because <laughs> it's really hard to explain. Um, we also have the Sacred Training Center. Um, that one uh, you can always do. You just have to survive an onslaught of flying bricks basically for quite a while <laughs> and if you uh, succeed in doing that you can pick one of the three upgrades so the fire arrow the uh the longbow or the protective crystal uh that's how you get those the problem with those items is you need a certain amount of health to use them um 
For the yeah. fire arrows, you need at least two live bars. For the longbow, at least three. And for the protective crystals, you need at least four. But you start the game with only one health bar. Um, and how you get more health bars, we'll get back to that later as well. Wow, there's a lot to this game. Uh, you wouldn't there say. There's a lot of layers <laughs> to this game. Yeah, you wouldn't say that from the start. Um, but yeah, after that, we also have a hot spring, which is basically something that heals you. And as we mentioned before, we have the shop, which is the normal shop, and the black market, where there are uh, more expensive items. Um, and you can use your credit card there. Um, one weird thing that I also did not know, and I still have no idea how to do it. I tried, but I couldn't figure it out. Um, so I'm just going to read this passage from the manual, actually. So for the black market, the prices are very high here, but you may be able to buy some very useful things. Yeah, that's true. The black marketeer doesn't speak to his customers very politely, but it is said that a black marketeer in a good mood may reduce the sale price. So uh, if you enter a black market, um, there are two things that he can say. One is friendly, the other one is not. But if it's friendly, the prices are lower. So that, that's pretty normal. Uh, but to negotiate, press down and left on the control pad and... I don't know, it's just, just question marks there. <laughs> so be careful, the price may go up if the black marketeer is in a bad mode. So you can negotiate in the black market, but I have no idea how to do it. I tried it but I couldn't figure it out. I, I just, I don't know. I just used, I don't, I, I didn't find that. The black market for me was weird because I think I came across a couple of them. Mm -hmm. There are I, not, not that many, no. Yeah, I came across a couple of them and I just, I didn't know what I was doing to them. So I kind of just left. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I didn't use the black market very much at all in my playthrough. Mm -hmm. uh, like I, I would walk it, I would walk into it. And I'm like, oh, this is something I don't know what it does, but it doesn't look very useful. So I just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the black market, you can find uh, those upgrades actually um, that Suze gives you, uh, but for a steep price, of course. Oh. But apparently yeah. there's a way to negotiate, um, and like like even the the manual says press down and left on the control pad and and then it just says question mark question, question mark, mark question mark. Yeah. So I have no idea how to do it. I tried a few different things, but I couldn't figure it out. So um, yeah, I, I just no gave up on it. All right, but yeah, those are uh, those are the rooms you can come across in this game, and like the way these rooms work is, you go throughout the levels, you see doors, you can enter them, and they're all set in stone if you know what they are. But uh, they can be each of uh, the ones I just listed, basically. Uh, and once you exit a room, it closes. Yeah. Um, but this is where those yeah. keys come in. If you buy a key, you can re-enter them. So if you know what they are and you go back and you enter, then you can uh, you can go there. And apparently if you have Palutina's key, which is a total mystery to me, you can just enter all of them. So, yeah, I have no idea what, what the deal with that thing is. Never seen it before. All right. But yeah, that's like the basics of this game. And you would say, oh, that, that's all pretty simple. Like 
nothing too special for a platformer, even though it has a lot of things going for it. But there's more. And this is the thing a lot of people don't actually know how to do. Um, so how to, how to cure the eggplant curse. <laughs> yeah, that's also a hard one to figure out sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, this game works with two things. You have a score, and you would say like a score. Come on, man! It's like I know scores were important during the eighties in arcade games, but what do they matter for uh, for Kid Icarus here? Well, they they really do matter, sadly. Um, so your score, which you see after you finish the stage, you see uh, points like adding up. Um, they actually do help you out. Um, like EBC mentioned earlier, Zeus can give you a race uh, when it comes to your life blocks. Um, this one is pretty simple. If you have 4,350 points in total, you get an extra life block. If you have 9,370 points, you get your third life block. If you have 18,900 points, you get your fourth life block. And at 28,680 points, you will receive your final life block. Uh, pretty simple. How do you get points? You defeat enemies. Do you know how many points you get from each enemy? No. Like, no. <laughs> you, have, you have no idea. But yeah, you, you just get score based on how many enemies you kill, how many hearts you pick up, things like that. All pretty simple. So that's how you get those things. But then there is also a hidden value throughout the game and this was also present in the nes version so people who have played that definitely know it's there but um in the nes version people actually figured out how it works in the game boy version nobody has um so it's kind of really a gamble how to uh how the scoring of the hidden value actually works but it basically boils down to every enemy you defeat every heart you pick up um all the damage you take uh, and other stuff probably that nobody knows, they all add up to a hidden skill level, which you never see. You have no idea uh, how high it is. And apparently it also resets every stage. So what does that mean? When you go into a uh, sacred chamber, the one that gives you the upgrades for your arrows, um, those just multiply your damage basically. Like the normal one is one damage, then it's two damage, three damage. Goes up to eight damage, I believe, in this game. Uh, in the NES version, it only goes up to five, but in this one, it's eight. Um, once you enter the sacred chamber, Zeus will tell you either, oh, you've worked hard enough and gives you the power up, or he will say, uh, you should trade more. So that's the only way to know um if you've reached that threshold or not um luckily if you get a key and you come back later you can just re-enter it and get the thing but it's kind of cumbersome uh either way um i managed to get all upgrades throughout my playthrough yesterday just because i kept farming in a stage that's the only I way did i did not get I did not get all my upgrades. Yeah, so that's the only way I know how to do it, and that's also how they do it in the speedrun, by the way. There's like these platforms with constantly spawning enemies. You just keep shooting them over and over again until you reach that threshold you just don't know about. So that's that hidden value that helps you out with doing more damage, but then there's also the hidden value that relates to those three um, 
sacred treasures that will give you the upgrades near the end of the game. So after you've defeated all three bosses, you get the three treasures and you go to Palatina and she's like, oh, you didn't train enough. I can only grant you the power of one of these items. You always get that one, by the way, um, yeah. which are the, the Pegasus wings. So that one you will always get. Um, but yeah, I tried my best, but I have never, not in any playthrough, not in the playthrough I did yesterday, been able to unlock the other treasures uh, immediately. I asked around in the Game Boy community if anybody knew what was up with that. Apparently one of them is tied to you having 999 hearts by the time you go into uh, the Palutina room. So that's one of them. But the other one, nobody actually knows. So uh, it's it's a mystery. Nobody knows. Like probably people who are playing this game for three hours have enough points by the end. I can imagine that. But um, if the value actually does reset per stage, you would have to get those points during the final fortress stage even, which is possible. But yeah, I don't know. It is, it is uh, weird. Um, we did mention that you do need tr all three items to finish the game. I don't think you need them, but you can still get those other two uh, treasures by actually visiting Zeus again in, uh, in one of his secret training chambers. Um, instead of him giving you the normal upgrades, he will have those upgrades available for you and you can find two of these in the final stage so that would uh, complete your your set basically yep yeah that's all the explanation i can give for this it is very weird nobody knows how it works uh just do your best in the stages just don't fly through them uh like crazy just if you find a farming spot take some time and far there for like a minute or two and you will get the upgrades you quote-unquote need. This is this game is for sure one of those games you just don't you just don't blast your way through. This is definitely one of those games where you're like you got you kind of have a little bit of patience for it. So, but uh, moving on to stages. Yeah, let's think, uh, let's take a look at the now. actual stages of the game. Um, so the first stage that we're going to encounter is, well, the Underworld, uh, which is three vertical stages and a fortress, and the boss here is the Minotaur. Um, throughout the game, you're going you're gonna to face off against snakes, bats, uh, the Grim Reaper and the Reapets, totems, and spitball blobs. Like, that's just your common enemy throughout the game. Stage 1 enemies, you have the Cyclops Skull, which appear in the air above pit, fly around in groups. Um, the the Wormser, where they creep over the they creep over the floor, but they're quick enough to to avoid Pit's arrows. And then King Crab, which appears from underneath to attack whenever Pit finds them, essentially. Um, the game is interesting in the fact that it's it's a vertical climber. But it's not like a left to right type game where like you just don't progress the screen right or left to progress to the stage. You progress to the stage going up. But sometimes you will need to go right or left to progress up because the screen wraps like an old arcade style like Pac-Man, you know. Um, 
as you're climbing up through these stages, you're going to have to understand how some of the platform works and some of the platforms move. There's also dangers in the way. Like we said, there are snakes and there's the, the Cyclops skulls and the Reaper. If the Reaper sees you, he yells and the Reapettes come and they come to attack Pit. Uh, that's just how the Reaper works. And you get to listen to a banger Reaper tune. Um, if uh, The only advice I can give you with the vertical stages as you're climbing up if you think that you're stuck, you're not. Look at, find, find a lip either to the left or right and jump the opposite direction off the screen. You'll wrap around to the other side of the screen and land on that ledge. And you can continue your way up. As you progress your way up through the stage, you're going to come across doors, which we've already briefly talked about uh, before. You're going to come across these chambers. You know, they're going to be shops. They're going to be black markets. Whatever. Yeah, one uh, thing to definitely note about this game, if you've played the NES version, um, they did this brilliantly actually to replicate the feeling of the NES game, but uh, do it well enough so it would work on a Game Boy. Like in the NES one, you see the entire length of the stage in front of you. And if you move from the right, you come back into the left of the the stage basically that that's how that yeah. one works in this one because the screen is of course uh more tiny they did not go for that style of game like the you you are basically on a cylinder and you you are always in the middle of that cylinder but it moves with you so the thing loops but you can just go around basically uh the cylinder yeah. and Another thing they hugely improved, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I do not like the NES game at all, you can go back down. Like, if you would do that in the <laughs> NES game, you're dead. Like, there's nothing beneath you anymore. This is literally just an entire stage, open world, if you want to call it like that, where you can traverse everywhere you want to. And that's, uh, that's a real big step up from the NES version. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Yeah. Uh, there have been plenty of times in the NES version I just died because I slipped off an edge or yeah. something. Um, <laughs> but once you traverse the stages, you go to the fortress. Uh, the fortress... <laughs> the fortress is where you turn into an eggplant. <laughs> that is we one finally of the get things to, there. Yeah. We finally get to talk about an eggplant. Um... it's just my favorite it's my favorite part of kid icarus because it's an eggplant curse like like why an eggplant (laughs) but um in the fortress there's an there's an eggplant wizard (laughs) (laughs) yeah um uh, that it places an eggplant curse on the pit and it turns him into an eggplant. Uh, when it happens, you you can run and jump, but you can't shoot. So because you're 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 an eggplant, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't use your bow and arrow when you're an eggplant. You don't have any arms. Um, so but there are a lot of tight spaces that only eggplants can go through. So becoming an eggplant isn't all bad. Uh, it's actually needed sometimes to get through tight places uh, that can be shortcuts. But you have to go into the hospital uh, to remove, to have the nurse remove your eggplant curse. Yeah. So, 
Uh, but we <laughs> forgot to talk about the eggplant. <laughs> and the eggplant is even in the manual, which is even better. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a well-known thing from uh, from Kid Icarus. <laughs> But yeah, these fortress stages work a little different than your just your normal uh, stages. Like these are basically the Zelda dungeons, but instead of with a top-down yeah. view, it's it's a platforming-based one. Uh, unlike we mentioned before, it's uh, you can find a map, you can find a torch and uh, the pencil to help you out a little bit. But they aren't that big, to be honest. Especially not the no. first two ones; they're pretty short. Um, but yeah, it, it's a total different type of gameplay all of a sudden. Uh, but uh, it yeah, was there, also there's a, no screen wrapping yeah, or anything. Yeah, it's it's really chamber per chamber, and you're just finding your way to the boss room. Um, you don't need a boss key or anything. You really just need to find a way to the yeah. boss room. I kind of compare it to like Link's Awakening. Like you have your top down dungeon crawler, then all of a sudden you go into like yeah the, the dungeon part. or the chambers. Then you go into like the two D platforming part. Yeah, it, it, it it's it's reminiscent of that in a way. Uh, yeah. You go from this vertical, this vertical climber, you know, cylinder type platforming to all of a sudden, like now you're in a static two D platformer uh, that goes from screen to screen. Uh, then, as you traverse through the fortress, you face off against the stage one boss, which is the Minotaur, uh, a bull like monster that is half bull and half human. Uh, this fight is relatively easy, uh, if you're careful enough. When you, when you face off against the Minotaur, it, uh, shoots these skulls, flaming skulls, fireballs, whatever they are, uh, in an, in an arc-like pattern. Uh, you can, you can run in between the arcs and hit them a bunch, but the arc pattern isn't a consistent arcing pattern. It does change the it, he does change the length of how he throws them uh so it can be close to his body and far away from his body so you kind of have to react as the fight goes on um but for the most part pretty easy fight he throws like four or five of these fireballs out in an arcing pattern and it gives you a chance to run in and hit him with your arrows and you just have to wait for the other cycle to keep running through again uh not a terrible fight the only annoyance with this fight is that after a while it turns into a fireball and does start to fly around onto these other platforms in the stage, which kind of makes it tough to hit him sometimes because he can go up pretty high into the stage and you don't have a lot of time to get up there to get some hits on him. So by the time you do get up to them, he just turns into a fireball and just leaves, basically. So a uh, little bit of annoyance in that factor, but for the most part, a pretty easy fight. Yeah, pattern-wise, he's uh, pretty easy to read. That's not really the issue here, but... By the time you reach this boss, you maybe have one health upgrade uh, tied to you and maybe two of the uh, arrow upgrades. So you're not really doing much damage yet. So this no. one takes a while. I, I think that's the most annoying part about this fight, that it just lasts a little bit too long, especially because he keeps uh, going into his fireball and you can't hit him. So... Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's the bummer part about this one. Um, so yeah, I would recommend trying to get uh, two arrow upgrades at least, uh, so you do a lot more damage already. But uh, if you only have the base damage, this will take you like three minutes or something to just defeat him. So yeah, it's it's a it's a long fight. Uh, tedious yeah. like we, we both said just a lot of health and he just moves around so much 
it wouldn't be bad if they just left him on like the ground or let him jump up to like the second level. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like his fireball and he starts moving, like it it actually moves for a long period of time before it finally sets in before you can actually hit him again too. So not only is it a long fight in terms of like it moves around, you have to traverse a lot and it has a lot of health. It's just that his traveling takes a lot of time as well too. Yeah. So it's just a, a patient fight. Uh, that's a little tedious, but once you uh, once you blow up the Minotaur in outstanding fashion, um, your your point total goes, and then you can choose to to save or save and go on to the next stage, or just not save and move on to the next stage if you're if you're bold. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely recommend saving. <laughs> I would recommend saving. Those batteries might run out in the Game Boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we move on to stage two, which yeah. is the overworld, which is three horizontal stages and a fortress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the game changes it up quite a bit. Yeah. But uh, through through this stage here, Oh, we did, I didn't mention. Once you beat the Minotaur, you have to walk out of the room. It just doesn't fade away. I don't believe, right? Or you, it does fade away, but you go into like this weird chamber. You have to it's pick up like, the treasure, actually. And then yeah, it that's goes what on. it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It just it just doesn't fade out like the like it ought to. But in stage two, we are going to face off against Cyclops Hoppers, which are grasshoppers with shoes and some very muscle muscly legs. Um, a big toe that, yeah, it's, it, it looks like a foot, but it, it's called big toe. It's just a, a, an enormous <laughs> foot that drops from the sky. Yeah. Um, a sticky talon. Uh, <laughs> you're hearing all of these correct, by the way. <laughs> yeah. There's our uh, no official names. Sticky talon sucks though, because sticky talon steals your, your weapons that you're carrying and sells them to the black market. Oh, I did not know so, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sticky talent is not a good a good enemy. <laughs> uh, then you have Gruff, not not the not the not the drug dog from from the Dare Dare uh, programs, but Gruff, who wanders around the floor and attacks Pit when he finds him. And then Globe, which floats up from the floor and returns when it reaches a certain height. Yeah. Piece of piece of cloud or whatever. It's <laughs> a cloud. Yeah, yeah, it's like a cloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, those are the enemies you'll be facing off against in stage two. Uh, big toe, you know, very very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Gives you a lot of hearts, though. It does give you a lot of hearts, and, and those are yeah. the respawning enemies as well. So they always give you the big hearts, which are ten. So you can just find yeah. them over and over again if you need some money. But uh, there's not much to talk about the horizontal stages, in my opinion. Um, no, well, there's not much to talk about the levels in general, uh, to be honest, because they're all the same. Uh, you just move along and farm enemies well, and hearts, and you go into the doors. Like it's it's not like they are very distinct of each other or anything like that to begin right with. well i mean like you have the vertical stages right which uh, which you have to use the wrapping mechanism to yeah. get through like you can't just jump straight up the entire time like you have to wrap you have to wrap to the stage uh or you know wrap around the stage to continue climbing up but for the horizontal stages they're just 
they're literally your typical hold right platformer. Yep. Like there's there's nothing special. They're, like they're they're good stages. Like they're fun. Don't get me wrong, but there's literally like nothing that really stands out from them. Uh, the only thing is that like some of the times like there are doors like hanging out in the sky mm-hmm. that you have to like jump on an elevator or like flutter your wings a little bit to get to. But for the most part, like it is your very typical hold right platformer, jump over the pits, kill the enemies, get to the end of the stage. Um, yeah, I mean that that's just world two in a, in a nutshell, yep. right there. Like nothing, nothing else to really talk about <laughs> world two. Um, yeah, yep. and then the world world two boss is Skullwing. I got. I lost the manual. There it is. <laughs> Skullwing, yeah. A skullwing, uh, a monster with only a skull and the wings of a bat. Uh, yep, that explains Skullwing. <laughs> yeah, it's the Avenged Sevenfold logo that's attacking you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Matt Shadows has come to sing us another song right away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I like Avenged Sevenfold. But... Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how you. I mean, you're not wrong. It is the Death Bat attacking. You. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's where they get their their symbol Death, from. I yeah, bet, it's possible for sure. I bet. I bet the members of Avenged Seven, uh, Avenged Seven, Avenged <laughs> Sevenfold. We're just like, you know what? We've played Kid Icarus so much. The stage two boss is really bothered. It's a skull with wings. Like, imagine if that was our logo. Yeah, perfect. Uh, <laughs> this boss fight is obnoxious. Um, as you can imagine, it has wings, so it's going to fly around. And it drops fire onto platforms. Uh, it. It's it's an easy it's easy to hit the enemy or the boss rather, yeah. but it's obnoxious because it's it's a it's a forever moving fight. Um, not a fun fight in my opinion. It's 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 an easy fight again, like the Minotaur, but it sucks because you have to jump between like three or four different platforms to hit to hit this dumb thing, and the pattern of it. It's pretty consistent. It kind of moves in a circular motion. Every once in a while, it'll do some diagonal, so you do have to react a little bit. But when it drops a fire on a platform, the platform is basically useless because it, the fire consumes the entire platform for a few seconds, so you can't even be on it. So there are times where you just can't even hit the boss. Yeah, like the the thing is, if you have been training, uh, like I did yesterday when I was playing through it, at this point you should have the fire arrow and the bow upgrade, um, and you should have like three hell bars by then as well. Um, what the bow upgrade does is, um, normally when you shoot an arrow it only goes like a few pixels basically, um, but if you have the bow upgrade, yeah. it goes across the entire screen and even outside of the screen. Um, and as Skullwing tends to go up on the stage a lot uh, where you can't see him, if you do have that bow upgrade, you can just shoot him uh, while you can't even see him, which makes this fight not easier, but faster at least. It's uh, quicker, yeah. yeah. So that's a good thing to look out for that you try and get that upgrade by this point. Problem is... Yeah, I think I only had three hell bars here. If you take one hit, you lose your uh, bow upgrade, though. So, 
I did not know that. Yeah, you can only use it when you have three full, uh, full life blocks. So, uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I did not know that. Um, then yeah, you collect your treasure, move on to stage three, which is the Sky World. We go back to the vertical platforming again in this world with one fortress again as well. Um, this is honestly my 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 favorite world, but um, because the music is bothering it, <laughs> but it looks very similar to stage one. Yeah. <laughs> it it there's, there's not much of a visual difference, but in this stage, you get to some epic epic enemies. So you get the uh, the the co the the comedo. Gotta watch out for the comedos. Mysterious floating creature that no one knows where it came from. It looks like a jellyfish, but floats in the sky. Then you have the octus, an octopus-like enemy that attacks Pit. It's literally an octopus. Then you have Lunas, an innocent-looking new moon that will attack Pit when it finds him. And then you have Merc, muscle man who stomps around the clouds. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nothing like sticky talon or big toe, but these foes are... No joke as well. Um, yeah, again, your your vertical climbing. It looks very similar to stage one, not going to lie. Um, it's a little bit more yeah. puzzly. Um, there, there's definitely one <laughs> part that took me a while to understand how to get through it uh, because it does want you to go like up and down again and up and down before you can traverse through it. But besides Is that, that like it's, a- it's basically the same. Is that like in the, like that's the second stage where you have like there's a bunch of like spike balls around that you can't just keep yeah. going up or up and left, but you have yeah yeah that's the yeah one. that that part was a little tricky to figure out, but a little patience and you're you're good to go. Yeah. Then in this stage we have. I lost my notes. <laughs> Fire serpent. Yeah, if you've I ever have. played uh, snake rattle and roll. This is the boss. <laughs> it's either rattle True. or roll. <laughs> with a with a longer head. Yeah, a slightly uh, longer head, but it's it's literally that thing. <laughs> yeah. This fight is questionable at best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't. I did not enjoy this fight. Although this is my favorite stage, this is the worst fight in the game, in my opinion. Yeah, like, uh, you can only hit him in the head. Like, his body is just there to annoy you and to hurt you. But you can only hit the snake in the head. Yeah, so you may be like, oh, it's a snake. You can't do much. He just sits on the ground. Nah, this is a different snake, all right? Uh, this snake flies. <laughs> so Yeah, he jumps around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, like the, snake rattle and roll. It's literally yeah. that snake. <laughs> the, the the snake flies around the screen. Like Mo said, the only the hitbox is the head. Um and you may think the head is a decently sized target. Okay, try hitting a moving target with pit, you know, like <laughs> standing still. Uh it's not entirely easy. Uh so the snake moves around, it goes uh Bottom to the top of the screen, it kind of moves all over in a pretty, I think, a pretty sporadic pattern. It kind of just bounces off the walls, but when it, it, uh, it, but it also shoots fireballs at you in a spread shot. So mm-hmm. in a in a three fireball spread shot. So not only do you have to dodge the boss from hitting you, from body hitting you, you have to also dodge the boss's fireballs 
all while try to hit a moving boss on the screen. And the boss isn't exactly slow. It's not majorly fast where you have to be like crazy reactive quick to, to shoot your arrows. But it's also not slow as sluggish where you have all the time in the world to just lay into it. Um, by this time, since this is the third stage, the second to last stage, you should have fire arrows. I think I had five five health bars going into this fight. Oh, okay. Um, when I did this. But you should have your health upgrades, your arrow upgrades. You should be ready to rock and roll this thing. So even though it, it will be a fairly quick fight in terms of damage done, this fight is obnoxious to get damage onto this mm -hmm. boss. Anything you want to add to this hell, hell, hellfire of a fight? Not really, no. Uh, like, I think I had... Yeah, I had all arrow upgrades by this point, which is 8 or 9, so <laughs> you, you just destroyed this guy uh, at that point. But it is still hard to hit him, of course. Uh, but yeah, it takes a lot less effort to do yeah. so, for sure. Yeah. Then we move on to... Yeah, like not now the final the final stage. The final stage, yeah. But uh, after this boss, you go to Palatina, and she will yeah. see if you're strong enough or not. You will not be strong enough. Like just <laughs> she no. will just say no. Here's some wings. Uh, go get the rest yourself. <laughs> like the, I've never seen another outcome there. It's very weird. Oh really? Yeah. Like I because never have nine hundred and ninety nine hearts when going. Like I'm not farming fully and i have no idea how to get the third one so uh so yeah um, that's fair but yeah you will go into the sky palace with at least the wings so you can uh fly around the stage when i did this on tuesday i got the wings and the armor oh yeah so but i didn't have 999 then it was something else yeah. Room. yeah yeah uh, I, I think I had like a hundred and some odd hearts going into Palatina's yeah. room, but I, I got the wings and the armor. Okay. So the silver uh, arrow will probably be tied to having 999 hearts then. Yeah. Yeah. Or I got lucky. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you <laughs> do no get all three of them, uh, you will transform into amazing pit. Ooh. Yeah. That's how they call the upgraded Amazing pit. Yeah. And like I said earlier, if you do not have all of them, you have two uh, sacred challenge rooms or whatever they're called throughout the next stage, and then you can get those two easily. Yeah. But now we're in the Sky Palace, and there's only one horizontal level, yeah. I guess, in this stage. Uh, then you face off against Orcos, who, I mean... I think Orcos is kind of a joke, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but the stage does have some very interesting enemies that I did not know were called <laughs> the way they are called. Um, first, we have Busy Bee. Busy Bee is fine. It's, it's Busy just, Bee, it's yeah. A, it's a bee. That's fine. Uh, we have the Shadow Mask, which is kind of like that mask in Mario Land 2 uh, <laughs> that chases you when you get a key. But if you shoot this one, it splits up. Uh, that's fine. Then we have uh, something that very much looks like Pit, but isn't Pit, but it's actually Putt. <laughs> like, <laughs> not Shadow Pit or whatever, no, it's Putt, with two T's, 
Uh, but yeah, he looks like you. He has the complete amazing pit armor on. Uh, and they come in like groups of five usually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th that's the enemy. But then the most interesting one here. <laughs> And I had no idea that's what they were going for. But you also face off against Pythagoras, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. If you really, really hate Matt, uh, you can just shoot Pythagoras here and take care of the problem for you. <laughs> I love the description. A lively old man who throws equilateral triangles. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great concept for an enemy, yeah. <laughs> I did wonder, what is this thing? And yeah, now that I see it in the manual, yeah, that's literally what it is. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. But uh, yeah, so we're in the final stage now and we're going to fight Orcos with our amazing armor. And I, I'm trying to figure out how I describe this fight. Because Orcos is like this giant beast thing uh, that walks into the side of your screen. And he starts shoots. small, though. He, he starts like just a normal. Yeah, he starts starts tiny, yeah. but that's an easy phase. Like who? Like it, okay, we'll start from phase one since Mo brought that up. <laughs> so, or when you first fight Orcos, he looks like a little little devil guy that just kind of jumps around the room. Basically, just lay into him. He's it's actually kind of easy. Like even though it's a it's a moving around fight, he flies around and shoots a couple fireballs. Like you have infinite flight and you have the silver arrows. Like you're you're amazing pit. Like it's actually quite easy, even if it is a flight fight, because you can actually stay on the same plane as them and move around. Uh, you have a lot more freedom. Uh, so the fight itself is actually pretty quick. Uh, once you lay into him, he kind of just blows up, and then he turns into this giant beast think of power rangers whenever the enemy's like getting beat up and they gotta go morph in time or whatever and they turn into this giant thing because rita threw her staff into the ground <laughs> yeah. um basically that happens then orcos turns into this giant uh devil beast thing mm -hmm. that um walks in from the side of the screen with a big old hairy leg it actually looks very well detailed um Shoots a bunch of fireballs. Think of like Boshi, but not to that degree. Think of Boshi in the sense that like you have an arc of fireballs coming at you, and you have to like get in between them. Mm -hmm. uh, he's on. He's on. There's some bats that are gonna be coming from the screen. There's gonna be a fireball. There's gonna be a lot of stuff just on the screen. Uh, oddly enough, the game didn't lag for me though. I was actually quite pleased about that because I think if the game lagged, this fight would be kind of <laughs> yeah difficult. horrible. Yeah, like um, he always starts the like. This first attack is the fireball. It comes out as one, follows you a little bit, and then splits up into like nine or something. Um, yeah, and you have to fly it lot. between them. But the hitboxes are very, very generous here. Because uh, I really clipped both my head and my feet into like two of the fireballs, and I didn't get hurt. So uh, it, it, it's very. So you good. cheated. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, once he's done with that, he goes away and he uses his tail to shoot at you. Um, not gonna say how she's to like, dodge that because that's also super easy to do. Yeah. And then he puts his hand into the screen and releases some bats, and and it starts over again. That's uh, yeah, it's a rinse that's and basically repeat. how it goes. And I believe it's his his hitbox is his head. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, so, again, like even though we complained about the head hitbox on the snake, this guy's hitbox is like the size of your screen. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're mis- if you're missing his head, like I think you need to go to the you need to go to the eye doctor. Um, this man's head is huge, but yeah, it's a rinse and repeat pattern from there. It's actually uh, it, hands down the easiest boss fight in the game. Yep. Uh, hands down because you have infinite flight, you can maneuver. You have the you have air upgrades like it's, it's a it's kind of a long fight just because it is the final boss, but the patterns are simple enough. You kill the bats, you shoot the thing into the face until it's dead. Like it's it's one of the it's the easiest boss fight in the game. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just takes a while because only during him shooting the fireball face you can hurt him. So uh, you have to sit through some dodging. <laughs> just to hit him again so uh that's yeah. why it takes a while but i don't even think he takes that many hits in total it just no you can only do like three or four each time and maybe it's 20 or something so takes a while yeah and then uh you kill him he blows up you meet up with Paulatina in the in, in some hall and she's like you've done a marvelous job pit you brought peace back to angel land you get a nice little cutscene at the end with some peaceful music pit flaps his wings and flies away he's like yep done here yeah flies towards the sun i wonder where they got that idea from yeah i wonder yeah no idea there but the cool the cool part is when he's flying towards the sun you get to see all the enemies yeah uh, without names, sadly, uh, not like yeah. in Kirby's Dreamland or anything, but uh, it's but nice. the worm is adorable though. <laughs> the worm with the one eye is adorable. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get to see all the enemies without the names, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, that's that's the game. You beat it. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, you have beaten Kid Icarus, Myths and Monsters. Yeah, one thing I'm not sure about if. Uh, if there are two different endings or not. Um, like one where you don't have the upgrades and one where you do have the upgrades. I actually have no idea because I do get all the upgrades by the end because of those uh, Zeus challenges. But I wonder if you like finish it without the upgrades if you get something else. Like you haven't really defeated him or I don't know. Like I, I have no idea. Couldn't find any information about it either to be honest. I don't know. But the sun is terrifying. The like the, the whole like lead up to the sun is kind of <laughs> cute, and then you get to the sun, and the sun is terrifying. Yeah, looking. and he's animated uh, as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's terrifying. It's like if but, the if the sun from uh, Teletubbies would have grown up into some <laughs> kind of pervert or something. That that's that's what you're seeing at the end. That's the end screen. Stare at it for as long as you want. <laughs> <laughs> well you lose your items though yeah you you lose your well at least your wings i believe but i think you lose all three pieces don't you yeah yeah i i don't think he even has them i don't remember i played it yesterday and i don't even remember well you fly up to the sun and then the sun is just looks at you then i i know you at least lose your wings yeah i don't know if you lose anything else I, I, yeah yeah, I thought you were just not having them anymore, but now I need to know. Yeah, here I am, just throwing a wrench into everything. 
where is this? Here is the final cutscene. Okay, you start with your full armor for sure. It would be nice if you would play YouTube. Hello. Uh, apparently, the NES version has five different endings. Oh wow! Yeah, see, so maybe there are different endings here, but at least the ones I've gotten are always the same. So yeah. The game has five different endings. In the Japanese version, the best ending from the English version does not exist. Right. And instead, another bad ending is present. Okay, okay. Wow, that's crazy to know. I didn't realize the game had five endings. Yeah, I don't know anything about the NES version, really. I'm almost at the sun here with these... In this video. In the... Wow, I can talk. In this video. There we go. <laughs> Uh, so you see, yeah, you, you have your armor on the moment you, the sun is totally in the picture, you lose your wings. Yeah. Okay. Just like in the actual Icarus story. True. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much the entire run through of this game. Uh, it's a great game that everybody should check out for sure. Um, before we dive into the next part, uh, because this has been going on quite long enough, especially with that uh, entire plot reading that was as long as the entire items. Lord of the Rings trilogy or something, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the item list. Which was as long as the Hobbit, yeah. Hobbit book. Yeah. So uh, let's take a little break here. Um, and when we get back, we'll talk about the cover art, some trivia, general reception, and go into our thoughts and history with the game. So yeah, enjoy the music. Be right back. tune that was sky palace that was the the fi the final stage yeah yeah i already forgot <laughs> <laughs> yeah sky palace final stage final stage song but uh cover art uh pretty adorable cover honestly um you have kid icarus and these very they're they're gold but very greek uh, styled wording, then uh, under it of myths of myths and monsters in red. It, and that's actually kind of hard to read with the background. It kind of blends in a bit because the background is really where where those letters are is kind of busy. Yeah. Um. So behind the letters, you have these two giant uh, Greek pillars or columns. Um. Which is where it runs into issues because the the uh, the flat part on top of the columns, the the platform, have these grid lines through them, which also kind of blends in with the of myths and monsters wording. So it gets a little bit muddled there. 
But as we work our way down, we have uh, Pit right in the middle. The very cartoon style drawing of Pit uh, knocking knocking an, uh, an arrow in his bow uh, flying. And then to the left of him, he has a pretty bored looking bat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the bottom left of him, he has a very seductive looking snake. <laughs> And then to the right of him, he has. Is that is that the globe? Is that the cloud guy? No, that's the eggplant wizard. Oh, that's the oh yeah, eggplant wizard. Oh yeah, it has an eggplant on his staff. I didn't. I'd never noticed that. Yeah, and on his uh, thingy that holds his mantle. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And his face is an eggplant. The cover art is is very well done. It it's it's a little offsetting a bit, like un, unbalanced in my opinion, because the top is this very very geometric and very like like structured, like the text and the grid lines and everything with the pillars, and then you get to the actual characters at the bottom, and they're very cartoony. They're very they're very loose. You know, they're very bubbly. So it, it's a bit of a of an imbalance, in my opinion, between like we have this very structured, very, very you know, quote unquote professional design, and then all of a sudden we've thrown these like comic book characters over the top of it. Um, but I, I do like it all, though. It's very yeah. colorful. It's 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 colored very well. Um, it's blended very well. It, it's it's it. The only part that gets muddied, unfortunately, is the of missing monsters with the pillars. Yeah, but yeah, I, I really like this cover, and I think this is also, um, at least in Europe, uh, how we always uh, recognized Kid Icarus or Pit, uh, in this case, um, like how he would be portrayed. Um, I'm sure, like in America, you had Pit in the uh, in that cartoon as well. What was it called again? Like with Mega Man and and Simon Belmont. Game Master? Is that what it's called? Oh, you're gonna make me use my brain. Um Yeah, that that, that weird cartoon where they totally <laughs> depicted all the Nintendo characters completely wrong, but uh So I think Oh he, that was that was that was Captain N. Oh yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Captain N Game Master, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah that, he was in that as well. So maybe in America that was the most uh, <laughs> common depiction of of uh, Pit there. Uh, but yeah, this one was like what everybody thought of as uh, who Pit was until uh, his first appearance in Smash, where he he got like a complete three D redesign, basically, uh, which was also used in in the newer game that came out in Let- two thousand and twelve. Yeah, for those that don't know what Captain N is, <clears throat> Captain N was a terrible cartoon. Yeah, that like what most had depicted all the all the uh, characters from Nintendo wrong. Uh, like Link had brown hair and was super super tall, and like the Game Boy looked like it was on drugs. But I'll tell you what Pit looked like for us. Pit had red hair, <laughs> very 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 rosy cheeks. Wore a white toga with a great with a dull gray bow, a giant. Think of like an oversized Tinkerbell. <laughs> that was Pit. Oh, I, I kid you not. That's what Pit looked like, and he held hearts. 
in his hand. Basically Cupid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that was how it was. He was depicted to to us at a young age, unfortunately. Um, God, I haven't. We were like game master. I'm like, I don't remember it again. I'm like, oh God, yep, okay, <laughs> yep, Captain N. I remember Captain N, and it was awful. Um, yeah, here you go. I tossed it in Discord so you can see what Pit looks like. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's absolutely terrible. That's like yeah. almost a troll. Like the the oh, almost not 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 the the toy troll thing. The weird, the naked ones. Yeah, with yeah, the weird the, hair. with the weird hair. Yeah, <laughs> kind of looks like that, but with his uh, well, without gel in his hair, I guess. So it's not standing up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Mega Man though, I you know as much as we can make fun of Kid Icarus, yeah, Mega Man Pit is even worse. Than that. Pit and Lincoln and whatnot, Mega Man got put down wrong in Captain. Yeah. <laughs> this, this green chubby thingy, God, <laughs> he's like this green chubby kid with a with a Captain Falcon helmet on. Yeah, it's terrible. Basically, yeah, it's, it's just terrible. Was. <laughs> and then cuts man cuts man was just a, a normal skinny guy with a scissors like glued to his helmet mm-hmm. oh man captain n was the worst <laughs> it really was it was so bad and anyone that tells me otherwise is wrong and i'll fight you <laughs> um, I should go back and watch an episode of Captain just to like reminisce of how bad it was. I didn't like the cartoon as a kid. I don't think anybody I, did. Because like. I, I definitely do remember it now. <laughs> I don't, I never, I, we never called it Game Master. We always just called it Captain yeah. N. But, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, maybe I'll go YouTube an episode after this and just to reminisce of how much I hated hated that cartoon. That is a good it's a shame. And if, uh, it's a shame that it was made. Yeah, and if people don't know it, here you go. Go check it out and be amazed. Oh. <laughs> In the you'll, wrong you'll way. Be some, you'll be something, all right, <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, all right. Trivia. Oh, you have some stuff here in trivia. Look at you. Yeah, I do. I found one little thing. Um, so there is confusion about whether or not this game is considered as a sequel to the original Kid Icarus. Uh, since this game only came out <clears throat> in North America and Europe. And in Japan, like a month before the release of uh, Uprising. So that's the DS or 3DS game. One of the two. Um, and as a result of this, Uprising, which was released everywhere, makes no reference at all to Of Mitsa Monsters, and it seems to disregard it completely. Um, so it's calling itself the official sequel to Kid Icarus. So they kind of just uh, took this one out of canon. Um, but I don't think it was a sequel anyways uh, to start with. I think it's just a... It's one of the first remakes, basically, because I think the game is pretty much the same on NES, right? Like, I mean... It's very similar. Yeah, it's yeah. very similar. So I think this was just a, a remake of it, basically. So, 
yeah, that's bold uh, statement. The only se- the the official sequel. <laughs> yeah, bold <laughs> statement. I actually never played Uprising. Me I own neither, it, but I, I never I played don't it. Know what it is? Well, yeah, that's uh, all. That's uh, and then they're in the they're in the they're in the Smash. If you don't, if you've been living under a rock for the last twenty years, they're also in the Smash Brother games. Uh, I think they got introduced in not me. Were they in melee? Uh, Pit was in Ultimate, I think. That was the first. which is which is for the Wii, right? Uh, no, that's oh, man Smash styles. Uh. Normal Smash, Melee... What's the Wii one called? Ultimate is the Wii U 3DS one. Uh, oh. yeah. Was there not one for... I thought there was one for the Wii. Yeah, but I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> this is why no one should play Smash Brothers Beyond N64. <laughs> yeah, I, The only I good one. I think Pit came in the... Was it in the Wii one? Smash. I thought he was. Smash Brawl. Bit. Brawl, right? Brawl. Maybe? Let me look. I'll look. Smash <clears throat> Brawl characters. Yeah, in Brawl he was uh, a character indeed. And in Who's? Ultimate Palutena came into the game. Yeah, I, think. Yeah, I remember Pal- Palutena being later yeah. on. Who the hell's Marth? That's Fire Emblem. Oh, I've never played a Fire Emblem. <laughs> That's what everybody said when he was suddenly in melee. Like, who's Mart? <laughs> Fire Emblem didn't came out uh, in Europe or America before. <laughs> before melee was a thing. <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah. Is Ike from Fire yeah, Emblem? Yeah, same too? deal. There's more Fire Emblem characters in Smash now than there are in the actual games. I think. Huh. Yeah. Should I play a Fire Emblem game? It's not for me. It's an SRPG. Oh, so it's like tactics. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like tactics, but it's about my extent of SRPGs. Uh, <laughs> everyone's going to be like, this man has never played <laughs> Fire Emblem in his life? I, Listen, I keep right. getting... That's uh, common as well, and yeah, I will never play Fire Emblem in my life. It is not for me. You should really get three houses for the Switch. It's such a good game. Yeah, I'll watch someone <laughs> nope. play it. Uh, <laughs> I'll watch. I'll buy it because I'm a collector. But I'll watch someone play it. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I think I I, I I do own one Fire Emblem game. I think it's for the Game Boy Advance. I've never played it. It sits in a box over there. I, I don't even know if it works. <laughs> I I just I own one, but I I, I will pr- I will never play it. Yeah, yeah. I own one, own one, but it's not a Fire Emblem game. If I'm remembering this correct, yeah, it is Fire Emblem based. It's like that Tokyo Mirage Sessions RPG on Wii U, which uses characters from the Fire Emblem series, but it's like. A standard RPG, so that's the only one oh. I have. What is up with Japan just wanting to have just RPGs? Like, can they not just can they make a normal game? <laughs> it like, is very popular there, and sadly, I'm one of those suckers that keeps buying RPGs, and now I'm stuck with like a 
pile of turn oh, RPGs that I've never been able to play yet. I like RPGs because they, they give me a lot of sustenance in a game. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the same time, it's like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> can we get, like, a platformer? <laughs> I'll, even, I'll even take a sports game at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Give me, like, Malibu Beach Volleyball Part 2 or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I get RPGs are very popular in that part of the world. I, I do get it, and I, and I know that. And then, well, I mean, they're making it for their for their demographic, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. a lot of RPGs just aren't for me. I, I like RPGs, but there's a lot of them that are just are not for me. Like SRPGs, for example, forget it. Yeah, that's not for me either. Sadly, I do love a lot of RPGs, but I just have no time to play them because they're too long. I mean, yeah. they're not too long. They're just too long for no, me to play long. them all. <laughs> that's that's No, they're, they're, they're too long. That's the correct <laughs> answer. They are too long. They are too long. <laughs> I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out in like six different releases. I mean... <laughs> well, that's something completely oh. different though, but yeah. It's too long, all right? <laughs> but, you know... Yeah, I don't, I, RPGs are fine, right? They're, they're fun. They're, they're, RPG, this is why RPGs are, are, is, is a great genre. Are a great genre? Is a great genre. Because it's a game that you can play for a, a decent amount of time, put it away, play something else, come back to it, and know exactly still what's going on. Like, there's not much of a learning curve to, like, oh, I don't remember the controls. How do I shoot? How do I grapple onto things? Like, it's an RPG. You walk around. Hopefully, it's turn-based because those are the best RPGs. Yes. And then and then it's just, like, you press X or A or wherever it is on the menu. Like, there's not much of a learning curve to it. It, it You might be, like, okay, where, do, where the hell do I have to go? You know, if you took an extended amount of break, but for the most part, you'll figure it out. And it's a really easy genre to pick back up after a, a, a long amount of time away from it. Versus something like uh, Tomb Raider or something, where you put you play it, you put it down, or Assassin's Creed. You play it, put it down for an amount of time, and then come back to it, and you're just like, shit. What's the what's the what what's the button to do this? <laughs> like, all oh, right, power ups. I forgot I had all this stuff. You know, it's like you, you just forget about the controls because they're so they're like the controls are so intricate to the gameplay because it's just such a unique experience that you forget a lot of it. So that's my take on RPG. I like RPGs, but some of the I, SRPGs can go go take a hike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love them. Uh, I keep buying them. Even though I can't play them, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, like I have Persona Five Royale on my shelf, I still need to play through. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm done with that so, one at least. And they have Disgaea Six, I think, now coming out soon. So, yeah. but oh, we, you know, that was second tangent, I think, of the episode, and it wasn't even all that long. Maybe I don't know. I don't keep track yeah. of those. I don't either, but. <laughs> Uh, thoughts on history of the game? Yeah. Um, so as a kid, I never came in contact with either this game or the NES game. Um, I did see this in the store. I do remember seeing this in the store, but I have no idea what it was. So I never really 
uh, picked it up or anything. Um, but I did try out the NES version um, during that period uh, when you're like in your teens and you find out that ROMs exist and then you start playing every game you ever uh, <laughs> heard of, basically. Uh, so yeah, I, I did boot this up and like after five minutes I just deleted it because I absolutely, absolutely hate <laughs> the NES game. Um, like I tried it, I think I've mentioned this a few months back again because um, it's on the Switch uh, NES library now. I was like, oh, let, let me try this and at least it's a safe state as well. Okay, Emulator had that as well, but like I didn't even try, but I was like, I'm, I'm really going to try this time. And I played it for 20 minutes. And again, I just gave up on it because I absolutely do not like that game. So, um, but yeah, I did play this one as well uh, during my teens on, on the Game Boy ROM. And I did enjoy this one a lot. So uh, I don't think I beat it back then, but I did enjoy it a lot. So when I had the pleasure to play it again for, for my <clears throat> system challenge... Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this game, so, uh, and I recommend this to everybody who hasn't played this, because, weirdly enough, not a lot of people play this. I think they know it exists, but they think it's just the NES game, which is totally not, um, so, yeah, I, I can only say definitely, definitely check this one out, especially if you do like the NES version, because it only gets better, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I'm in that. I was in that group. Uh, I knew the Game Boy version existed, but i i had it I had it on NES as a kid, and I remember playing it. But I remember not getting very far as a kid because it, it confused the hell out of me. Um, so I just sat in a box forever up until a couple years ago. But I, I knew a Game Boy version existed, but I, I never played the Game Boy version at all. Until you put it into the tiny ten. Oh, okay. Um, you putting it when we did that reveal stream on RGL. That was the first time <laughs> I have ever played Kid Icarus on Game Boy, uh, and it, it and it, it showed. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was the first time I played it. And at the t and when I when I played it during that reveal, I I I honestly didn't like it at all. Um, probably more so because I didn't remember the NES version's controls anymore. Right. So when I played it, I was just like, "Oh, I'm like, I don't like. No, I don't like this at all. Like this game. Like this game has potential to be really cool, but in the seven minutes I have to play this game, like I, I don't like this." Um, and then when th this week when I returned to the game to play it for the, the podcast. I uh, <clears throat> I obviously had to sit down and actually play it and you know write notes and whatnot, and I was like, oh, this game it's a, it's a fun game, but I went back and played the NES version as well too. I didn't beat the NES version because it, it is a bit longer, um, but I went I went back and and played the NES game, and I was just like, oh. This isn't too bad. I'm like, I'm like, I kind of jumped back and forth for a bit, but I, I personally still like the NES one more than the Game Boy one, and I think it's more so because of nostalgia mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. it is anything else. Because the games themselves, they're very, very, very similar. I wouldn't call them a port by any means, but they are very similar to one another. Um, 
the Game Boy version is is more polished than the than the NES version. I will one hundred percent say that. And honestly, I honestly think the Game Boy music is better than the NES version. But for some reason, I prefer the NES version, and I, I honestly think it's purely because of nostalgia. Yeah. Maybe, um, yeah. So that that's my hit. Like that's my history with the Game Boy version. It's I didn't play it until this this year, basically. You know, within the last few months. So. Uh, I get. I was one of those people that like I knew this game existed, but I I didn't have it for Game Boy growing up. I do own a copy of it now, but I didn't have it. I had the NES one growing up, probably like most people did yeah, in probably. the world. Um, and I I have Uprising, but I I've n- I've never played it. Um, it's sitting in a box in my bedroom. Um, I own it. I've never played it. It could be cool. I I I just I don't know. But yeah, that's that's my history with Kid Ick Game Boy. Uh the any Kid Ick NES, like I said, I played it as a kid, but the game is confusing. Like if you're going into this game blind without a manual, as you did when you were a kid in the early nineties, late eighties, this game is confusing. <laughs> you know, so um so I didn't I didn't play it much as a kid. I watched my parents play it quite a bit, but I never played it much as a kid. Um, I wouldn't play, I would, I honestly wouldn't start playing NES and Game Boy itself until I was out of college. So in my mid twenties. Yeah. So. Well, I just aged myself there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh man. Just think that was almost 10 years. That was, oh God, that was 10 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, I was 24 when I graduated, and I'm going to be 34 this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> small speedrun section. Yeah, this is a pretty small speedrun section. Um, there are approximately... Let me pull up the... Oops, shit. Oh, another, another sensor leg just got to put in. Um... <laughs> There are eight runners for the Game Boy uh, Kid, Kid Icarus. We have uh, Zorlax7, good friend, awesome guy. Uh, ran plenty of Game Boy games at GDQs as well, too. Uh, Zorlax7 with the world record holder. Uh, 19 minutes, 39 seconds, four years ago. It's been a long-standing record for sure. It's a good time. Yeah. That is a crazy good time. Um, next is Jorf, uh, or Jorf, or however you pronounce it. Jorf. Jorf. Yeah. Um, 2104, four years ago. So I'm assuming Zorlax and Jorf probably played it around the same time or played it together or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have some recent ones because of the Tiny 10. We have uh, Ariel, Sharpless, and Smart Alec um, with it with all from two months ago. Yep. Uh, third, fourth, and fifth. So that was from the Tiny Ten uh, playing of it, because the Tiny Ten's goal was to beat the game. So yeah, and but everything else is it, old. So. Yeah, it's a good game. It it takes a, it takes some patience for sure, but it's a good game. Uh, and then the rest are still pretty old, like two to two to seven years old. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Is it, is it Fat Home or P-Hat? I'm, calling, I'm going with Fat. 
Fat Home 666 <laughs> seven years ago. God, that's a name, man. Does he run anything else? Let's check this out. Oh, he runs a lot of stuff. Wow. All right. I see you. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's a sick name. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, eight runners in total on the leaderboard. So the game could definitely use some more love. Uh, three, three being the most recent from two months ago, and that was what end of november so yeah tiny 10 <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, definitely because of that yeah. yeah but uh yeah if you're looking for a a, a sizable game boy speed run with some pretty decent tech to it and some actual gameplay not kirby stream lane where you can just you know flutter and damage your weird way through the game uh, definitely check out Kid Icarus. Um, the speed run is actually super, super fun to watch. Like I said, it's very, it's pretty tech heavy. Uh, there are some glitches, but it's not a very glitch heavy game either. It's just some farming and some RNG, but uh, it 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 looks like a phenomenal speed run. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to put it in Tiny Ten. Uh, like I said back then. People were requesting this game for quite a while. Um, so it finally had its time to shine there. Um, and yeah, the, the thing with the speedrun is like nobody really explains how the hidden <laughs> skill level works, but they have at least found a consistent way of like getting the item you need for that part of the game. So uh, you can always like look at that to see how they do it uh, if you're having some troubles with your casual playthrough maybe um, if you don't know how the farming works exactly so um, I would definitely check it out because it's a it's a very fun speed run to watch yeah uh, do we want to do another short break or do you just want to go right into outro uh, whatever <laughs> doesn't matter really to the outro! <laughs> uh, marathon. Oh, yeah, community events. Um, uh, <clears throat> I actually have nothing for this. There's the... I, I actually have nothing for this. I know that RG... I know, well, the Tiny Ten remix is probably going to be coming up in a couple months. Yeah, we right? haven't heard anything about it yet, but... Uh... I'm sure enemy is, uh, is working that out as we speak. He's probably trying to figure out how to get Shaq Fu into it, <laughs> which I, I applaud the man. Um, <laughs> he's trying to figure out how to replace Shaq Fu instead of that stupid Mortal Kombat game <laughs> uh, <laughs> Still don't understand how you put Mortal Kombat in before any other <laughs> fighting game on the Game Boy. Um... <laughs> I was legit upset that you put Mortal Kombat in before Shaq Fu. <laughs> I was just like, okay, Shaq Fu may have a bad rap, but it doesn't like, it's an easy learn and it's short. Like, what else could you ask for? Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Wait, what? It looks like trash. It plays like trash. <laughs> it sounds like trash. God damn. The people still enjoyed it, so whatever. They would enjoy Shaq Fu if they played it too. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, 
But uh, we probably have the Tiny Ted remix coming up probably in March. I think that's when last year's happened. Uh, we'll keep you updated when we hear more on that. Uh, Retrothon is probably still going to happen in April. I've, I've heard some bits and pieces of, of talk about it in the uh, in the uh, the places that I'm in. Um, on top of that, really, there's not much else I can think of. Like, it, it's crazy because like people like GDQ, Calithon, and a few others. Like all these big, like ESA and whatnot, like all these big marathon people, instead of doing like the one or two marathons a year now, they have like these little shows that go on throughout the year. Yeah. So it's it's hard. Like marathons are like marathons hit a, a very different approach within the last couple of years. Like it's not because of COVID either. Like this has been a thing that's started happening before COVID, and I think when COVID hit, it just kind of blew the winds into the sail a bit more for them yeah it's easier to or- well not easier to organize it but it's just because it has uh, it can go uh, on in person um just doing online marathons is just easier to set up at least um and yeah, yeah. that's really blew up uh, over the last year because every time i look at my uh twitch following thing there's always some kind of marathon going on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how they keep doing it, but yeah, there's always something. So, uh. well, it's like GDQ now. You have the GDQ Hot Fix. You got which is just like a show. It's not even a marathon. It's just like a show yeah. of games, right? Then you have the the. Oh, I'm gonna get. I am gonna get yelled at because I'm gonna mispronounce this hard. But you have the the frame the frame fate the frame fatal the frame fatalities fatate fit yep frame fatality uh, uh, yeah that I'm gonna get you sorry internet <laughs> <laughs> but you have you have that now with GDQ Calithon just introduced Gold Rush which is a once a month like mini marathon now. Um, GDQ has a bunch of other like mini shows that are just popping up that you know show up like once a week or for a weekend a month or something like there's just so many little things now that are just not big marathons but they're just like little subsets of like the community just like going live for it yeah. right so like beat the record um, is also something pretty yeah, new where, yeah. where they Sma- smash the record or smash the record yeah where, where they try to take down the time of like a very established uh, popular speed run at the time or a very old one uh, they try to bring back to life so there is so much going on it's hard to keep yeah. up so like it, it wouldn't be ideal for us to list any of those anyways I think we should just concentrate on the big ones uh, when they do happen yeah, yeah, yeah. and right sure. now a big one is not happening at all like no. In February, we, that's that's a month where nothing really happens when it comes to that. We have we have Midwest Speed Fest, but I honestly I I'm so out of that loop for the Midwest Speed Fest stuff now cuz it's it's midwinter speed sprinter season and I know it's happening soon if not already, but I I've been so out of the loop with that crew that I don't I just don't know when that's happening. Yeah. But like the next like major well big marathon coming up is probably gonna be retrothon with rgl 
um, Speedy Fists, which is a fighting game marathon that's also in April as well, too. Um, then after that, SG, or Power Up with Pride, if they do, if Power Up with Pride decides to do a summer edition, you got Power Up with Pride, game's done quick, and then <clears throat> that's when everything really starts to ramp up, right? It's right, right in April. So, mm-hmm. um, so we have a few months of kind of just whatever. If, if you're looking for some speedrunning content or some retro content, I will always recommend RGL TV or Retro Gaming Live TV. I'll always recommend them. Good folks. I'm friends with all of them. I've, hang out, I've hung out with them in person at GDQs. Uh, they, they help Mo and I out tremendously mm-hmm. with the Tiny 10. Um, that's a fantastic group of people. I can't recommend them anymore. Um, then obviously you got the GDQs. So, uh, <clears throat> oh, we have we have stuff in our Discord for this next segment. Questions? Yes, we do have questions. Yeah. Um, I had a I had to poke and prod for them, but we got them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see here. Very first question is by Granon Hero who's been a guest on this podcast before. Uh, why does yep. every well, why does everyone think this is an NES port? Um, well, probably because they don't really know the game. Um, and maybe that's also why a lot of people just don't play this game. Um, I think I, I kind of mentioned it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's definitely not a port. <laughs> like we can establish that. No. Yeah, I I think it's just a reimagining remake, really. Uh, so I don't know why people yeah, think I, it's a port. I think when it came to like that era of gaming, because like a lot of the games on Game Boy are ports from the NES, right? Cliffhanger, I can tell you, like is almost a one to one port of the NES version. Um. There's a few others. I just can't think of off the top of my head. But, you know, there are one-to-one ports from the NES to the Game Boy. And I think when... Because Kid Icarus for NES came out in 86, I believe it was when I looked it up. And yes. Kid Icarus on Game Boy came out in 91 slash 92. So I, I think there was just a... Like, hey, this game has been out for a few years, but now it's coming out on Game Boy. It's probably just the same game as it was on the NES, but on the Game Boy, so people can play it on the on the tram... Well, I guess it didn't come out in Japan. So in a taxi or on an airplane. So I think that's where a lot of the it's just a port came into play. Because like you had like Tetris, you know, that was I mean it's a port it's a port from a a hundred different platforms, but it's Tetris. It's the same same game mm-hmm. every time you play it. Um again, I'll go back to Cliffhanger. You had um Uh, I can't think. I, I, you know, if we weren't on podcast, I could list you most of the games that were ported from the NES to Game <laughs> Boy. But now that I have to think on the fly, I can't think of any of them. Yeah, yeah. But, like usually it is like that, but there are actually a lot of them that are completely different. Yeah. Like, even Alien even 3. Darkwing Duck, which is a port is like slightly different it's like different enough that it, it's its own thing um you have 
Like, okay, let's just go into those ones. The Capcom Disney games. Like, DuckTales 1 and 2 are basically the NES games. Uh, Tailspin is basically the NES game, but with fewer stages. Um, Darkwing Duck is basically the same, same, but it also has better stages. Just as money stages, but just better stages. Uh, So, you can look at those as as complete ports. Um, If you look at Double Dragon 1... It's kind of the same, but not really. It's also like more reimagined. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to say. Like a lot of people think that Game Boy games are just ports, but usually they're actually not. So um, it's yeah. only those popular ones that everybody knows that definitely are ports. Uh, but Game Boy, especially when made by by decent companies, they are vastly different and should be checked out yes well, i mean like you have like puzzle games too like yoshi's cookie those are like, basically much, ports yeah yeah um so i i think it's just like the mentality of that era because like people were seeing a lot of these game, a lot of the same titles mm. on game boy as well too like battle toads uh battle toads and ragnarok is a basically a port from the NES version. That is indeed a port, yeah. Um, so I I think it's just a t- I think it was just a the I think it was just a poor part of the era, uh, simply because the Game Boy was coming out five years you know after some of these big popular titles were coming out for NES, and they were basically titled the same as their NES counterparts. So people just assumed it was the same game but on the Game Boy. Yeah. So I, I think that's why a lot of people thought this was a port or thought it was just the same game, just on a smaller screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people think wrong about that. Um, yeah. And I can see yeah, why. Sure. And, and it got even worse like when PlayStation uh, came around. Oh, like now God. everything is the same thing on every different console, basically. Uh, even playing worse or, or playing better. That's that's the only difference. Yeah. Uh, but back then, I don't know, like a lot of them are not just straight ports uh, and should be checked yeah. out. Uh, it, it's the same with, like for Sega, um, Sonic came out on Genesis and then the Master System version came out after that, which is already yep. weird <laughs> for that starters. But strange. It, those games are completely different. They're not the same game, but people think, oh, it's just a port of Sonic 1, uh, but on Master System, so on yeah. 8-bit. But it's not. And and yeah, that happened a lot during that time, like where games are like completely different, but people just think, oh, well, they're the same. We just had we had this conversation literally at the start of the at, at the start of the episode with with, with backyard football. Yeah. Like you you watched Gilgatex play backyard football f- for Game Boy Advance, and I I kind of cringed a bit because that is it's I had I have played the Game Boy Advance version. It, it's not good. It's vastly different than the PC version, and then the PlayStation Two version is not any better either. Mm-hmm. Like the PC version is the only good version of the game, in my opinion. And the other quote-unquote ports of the game are are very different, like graphically and gameplay-wise, very different. Yes, it's football at the end of the day. You, you run to one end of the field and to the other, but the games themselves are different. Yeah. And like we, like I have, I have this conversation in my in my stream all the time. They're like, 
well, how come like older games aren't as broken as newer games? I'm like, well, okay, let's take a step back. These old games that we're talking about were developed by different teams and sometimes published by different teams. Like the same team that did Alien 3 on Game Boy was not the same team that did Alien 3 for the Super Nintendo, for the NES, for the Game Gear, and for the Genesis. Mm -hmm. Like, these were all different teams. They might have been published under the same umbrella, LJN, but they were developed by different teams. So when someone had to develop something and make a, and make a bug fix, it was just for that team. Nowadays, develop, developers and publishers have to take charge of code for the PS4, the PS5, the Xbox One, the Xbox Series, excuse me, whatever, sometimes the Switch, and the PC. Like, that's six different platforms that one development team has to oversee now instead of six different teams overseeing the six different pieces. So there's a lot that goes into, like, versioning as well, too, with this, so... Uh, it's not just a a simple port of Capcom made this, now Sunsoft made it type deal. It's a Capcom made this, now has to support it across, you know, a rainbow of devices. So that's an, that's another issue. That's another thing to think about when it comes to porting as well too, because Bit Studios did Alien Three versus I don't remember who Acclaim I think did Alien Three on SNES. Yeah. So, and then uh, Animaniacs isn't even a port of the SNES version. It's a port of the Genesis version. So, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, there's a few of those on Game Boy as well. Yeah. So, I, I think it, I think the porting, the porting mentality, it just, it just came to, it just came with that time of the era, I think. Because with... With the popularity of handheld coming out, you know, the Game Boy, obviously, early 90s, then later on, the 2000s, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and DS. Like, all these game companies were like, hey, there's another market we need to get into. Port the game over type deal. So, I think it was just a, a, a time of the era. One of those trans one of those transitional times. Yeah. But, hey, here we all are right. to show you that they're not just ports. No. Yeah, no, they're, they're they're similar in gameplay. I will yeah, I will say sure. that, but they they are they are different games. All right, Ariel asks, "Why does Orcos call me a little wimp at the end?" Well, did you complete your training? <laughs> yeah, so I've been looking into that because I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, because as far as I know, Orcos never says anything. Um, and I've been looking at the speed run here, and he doesn't say anything, nor in my playthrough. So I'm not sure what you're talking about. Because when I read this, uh, when I read this question, I thought like, oh, maybe that is what happens when you don't have all the upgrades. But the speed run doesn't have all the upgrades, and I don't see anything unless you can skip it very simply. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you have a weird version, or the game is just laughing at you in general, Ariel. I don't know. Oh no, it's, it's right here. I found it. You found it? Like I can't see it. I, hold on. I need to see this. Orcos, quote unquote, you puny little wimp. Huh. Yeah, 
it's a quote, all right. I don't From, see it. It, it was in, introduced in of myths and monsters. I really need to know where he says this because I cannot find it anywhere. But yeah, okay. So here, here's the segment. I'll, I'll read it out for you. So, Orcos, introduced in myth in, of myths and monsters, an arch an archdemon warmonger from another world who leads an army of monsters to attack and join. And then we go we go off here into some segments. Attack of the fifty foot whatever. He grows to the point of taking up two screens on the original Game Boy. Yep. Beware of my stinger tail. Big bad in of myths and weapons. Breath of fire. Let's see here. Uh, taking over the world's is goal, of course. Yeah, he he. There is a quote in here in the Kid Icarus character tropes. Yeah, you puny little wimp. Yeah. Okay. Weird. I have never seen this before. I cannot find it in the video either. So call me amazed if he does really say that. But now I do wonder if it's tied to having all the upgrades or not, so I, I should investigate that a little further. But uh, yeah, at this point, I have no idea. I wonder, like, I'm, I'm typing this in, like, the actual quotes and the question. I'm getting a lot of Kid Icarus Uprising. Okay. But yeah. I'm not saying it's from Uprising, but I'm getting a lot of Uprising. Yeah. Uh... Results. I'll have to ask Ariel so I know, but because I, yeah, no idea. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Yeah. It is a thing, though, apparently. Yeah, but I, I don't we'll know. We'll have to investigate further. Uh, eggplant question mark says legs. Yes, yes always, yes, always. Lex also asks, why is his name Pit and not Icarus? Is he, like, related to Icarus? Why isn't he called Kid Pit? <laughs> well, we, like, I was wondering that myself as well, with the, the whole Icarus thing, where it comes from, besides the myth, of course. Um, but yeah, like, I found out myself earlier in the episode while reading the plot, apparently the, the army of Angel and is called the Icarus. Uh, so... That that's where it comes yeah. from. Why is he named Pit? I have no idea. Like it, uh, I don't know anything else called Pit. Yeah, uh, you you know, thinking about it now, this is our second game with Greek mythology. Yeah, the first one being Maru's mission. Yeah. And for those that don't know what Icarus is, he was the son of the ma master craftsman uh, Daedalus. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. I don't know Greek mythology yeah. Yeah, names very Daedalus well. So. Fine, yeah. Okay. Uh, who was the creator of, of, of the labyrinth? Um, Icarus and his dad attempted to escape Crete by means of wings that his father constructed from feathers and wax. Yeah. So. Yeah, but Icarus flew too close to the sun and then the wax melted and he fell down yep. to earth. Mm. Yep. But yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it's a weird thing to call your game Kid Icarus and then just have your character named Pit. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There, there's no real reasoning behind it. Like, I, I tried looking it up, but there's, like, no explanation for it, really. Video game life. Yeah. yeah. Vid video game world. What should we name? This guy needs to have... This person needs to have a name. They can't be called Icarus. 
How about Pitt? Perfect. <laughs> you know, like... I mean, it's just like Kirby, right? His name is supposed to be uh, Poyo. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's just, uh, again, one of those, it's a video game, we need to make it hmm. sound like a video game instead of a, instead of a history lesson, so. Yeah, they uh, could have called the game yeah. Into the Pit, but, yeah, they went Ooh, with Ooh, that would have been good. Yeah, but they went with Kid Icarus Into the Pit? <laughs> oh, man, that would have been sweet. <laughs> oh, I would have, I would have bought that then. Whole, oh, man. That's good. Hire me. Dude, Nintendo. that's that's solid. <laughs> All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to download Game Boy Studio. <laughs> we're going to make we're going to make Ic- Icarus into the pit. We're not going to call it Kid Icarus because we can't use Kid Icarus. This is going to be called Icarus into the pit. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Dude, that's a solid that's a solid name. And we, and it can it can it can start when him and his father is trying to escape Crete and Icarus gets too close to the sun and falls. And then we can start Icarus as the human without this, without his wings right away. And he has to rebuild his wings from his father's uh, creativity. So he can fly out of Crete. Sure. Dude, we have, we have the story. We have the plot and the lore. <laughs> we just need the pro. We just need the programmer at this point. <laughs> yeah. And a composer and an artist. <laughs> I I can make the art. I can do I can do I can do sprite art. Yeah, we'll need a composer. I know a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few people have done Game Boy music. Sure. Dear Alberto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll definitely jump to work on that. <laughs> um Last question. Why from Ariel again? Why is the training so intense? I <laughs> Yeah, that's you gotta learn. That's a reference to what what Zeus says when you go into the the challenge chambers. He says, Can yeah. you can you endure this intense training? <laughs> it is pretty intense when you don't have the wings, but if you do have the wings, you can just fly up into the corner. Uh, on the top of the screen and stay there and <laughs> nothing will ever hit you uh, but yeah those are True. those are intense if you only have one health bar but yeah, you, you basically just basically what kind of accent is that uh, you basically just stay in the <laughs> middle of the screen and you shoot upwards and you will hope for the best yeah you you pray you, you should only get hit like three times usually but yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah, that why is it so intense? Because game. Uh, it's intense because you have to save Angel Land from the hell spawn that are coming. Yeah. So you can get the That's three treasures at the end, which you will if, probably not get anyways. Because if you if you didn't notice while playing the game, you don't have any friends that help you, so you're doing this all yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Pit. And he chose for it himself. Like the plot said, he was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I should do some training. Like, no, instead of just taking the treasures and going against Orcas, he's like, no, I'll, I'm just going to hell uh, and come climbing back up to heaven. Idiot. Yeah, yeah. Pit's an idiot. My, uh, <laughs> those are all the questions we got <laughs> from, uh, from our listeners. 
But yeah, there we go. This is probably why people don't ask questions because I, I could be a smart ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as always, uh, thoughts and suggestions are always welcome. Um, always want to make the podcast better for our listeners in a entertaining and informative structure. Uh, I would say today's episode was quite entertaining. At least the first 30 minutes of it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> and hopefully it was very informative because this game has a lot of layers to it. Yeah, for such um, a simple game on the surface, yeah. it, it has a lot going on for it. Yeah. And for suggestions and comments and whatnot, you can toss a comment on a SoundCloud. Uh, we, we, we read everything reviews on the podcast sites like, uh, Apple iPad or I, Apple podcasts and Google podcasts now and Stitcher and all those. And then obviously we're in discord, so you can shoot us a DM or shoot us a message in the discord where we stay as active as possible as we can in the discord. Uh, and we also stream, so you can find all of that, uh, on this is gameboy.com. Right? That's the thing? Yep. This is... Yep. Or you can find me, eBloody Candy, at YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. That's a lot of social media. You can see literally nothing about my life. But uh, you can visit me there. I I stream like five or six times a week now. Because of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> uh, so if you like Assassin's Creed, hop, stop on by for the next couple of weeks. That's what we're playing. Um, <clears throat> where can they find you, Mo? You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. All uh, slash Moolah, which is M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. I'm also on Discord, of course. And yes, I do have an Instagram. Same uh, handle. And I have been posting some things on there. Uh, it usually has to do with... The art I do, uh, like the behind the scenes things, I guess, <laughs> like from sketch to finish, basically, that's what I post on my Instagram because I'm not like a f- picture kind of guy. Uh, I don't take any pictures ever, so uh, it's nothing you will see on there. But uh, I- You even posted a Twitter story feed. Yeah, I have what no a, idea how that happened. Something must have gone <laughs> wrong, but... Uh, I still have no idea what it is or how to even get rid of it. But I guess it's like stories that disappear after a day anyway, so... Uh, yeah, it's like Instagram stories. Yeah. Or you can take a look at my Metal Gear poster that I just got. I think I posted that on, Metal Gear. on Instagram. But yeah, I use it for that. So, uh, just Nano some behind-the-scenes stuff. Nano machines. Nano machines. <laughs> <laughs> we should just do a Metal Gear episode <laughs> yeah. with it. Um, and then you can find our fantastic, wonderful producer, Legs, or Sprinty Legs, uh, on Twitch and Twitter, uh, at Sprinty Legs. YouTube, I believe it's just Legs. And then her project website, SprintyLegs.com, where you can see all the projects that she is working on, along with the Game Boy Database stuff that we've been helping with. So... Yeah, that's going all, that all right. A, a lot of people have been uh, helping out with that. Uh, currently at 
Out of with the manuals out of the gray cards we currently have twenty six point one percent out of all manuals so that's uh, a quarter yeah. of the way done that's not bad that's really man. good yeah um and if you're interested in helping out with that project reach out to one of us we'll 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 give you some context we'll give you some some con we'll give you some ideas of what needs to happen and uh. Go from there. I know Mo and I have been pretty actively reaching out to people and talking to people about getting either scans or lists of new, as you heard it, new Game Boy games. Yeah, um, so. yeah the, <laughs> the new Game Boy game scene has blown up uh, the past few Dude. months. It's really crazy. Like physical releases it's and all. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's nice to see. Uh, and it's all thanks to uh dude the game boy studio actually yeah game boy studio has opened up that door hard it it kicked the door off the hinges basically yeah so kudos kudos to the creator of that software uh we also have a patreon so if you would like to support the podcast um you can become a patron and then if you have Patreon, you get a Patreon tag for the Discord, which gives you access to secret channels that most people, actually no one except for us three can see. And if you're a patron, uh, you get also access to like bloopers and outtakes and whatnot when Legs puts all those together, which there are plenty. Um, and yeah, then at, 20, at $20, $20 a month, We'll start doing live streaming podcast episodes, which I'm, I, I like, I wasn't super excited about that before because I would have to like wake up a little earlier to shower, mm-hmm. but like I'm excited about it now because I just don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so, so I'm just like, bring it. Y'all want to see what I look like when I first wake up? Let's go. Uh, <laughs> without the... Without the, 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 the beard oil and everything, let's do it. I'll show you what I look like. I ain't scared. Um, it's not much different than what it looks like at night after I've dolled up. <laughs> um, and then uh, if Patreon isn't your thing, if subscription services aren't your thing, we do have... Oh, no. Oh, you can give me options. Um, <laughs> read you the next episode. We do have a PayPal that you could toss some money at. The only problem with PayPal is that we don't have a way to thank you. So if you do do the PayPal route, please, please, please let one of the three of us know. Uh, I will give you a manual PayPal tag so you have access to some stuff and a thank you and all that stuff. We want to have a way to thank you for your monetary support. And you can also support us non-monetarily as well simply by leaving reviews. Just click the five stars at the end of the at the end of the episode. Be like, hey, this episode was great. Hey, super cool guys. That EBC guy is probably, you know, really knowledgeable and stuff. And that Mo guy, really knowledgeable and stuff. Five stars. Just hit the five stars. That's all you have to do. Uh that and that'll help us rank up in the podcast list. That'll help the podcast be seen a bit more. So if you want to help out and support that way, please do. And obviously your listens and watches on YouTube. Uh, if SoundCloud and stuff isn't your thing, you can go to YouTube and see some of the gameplay footage as well along listening to the podcast. 
uh, helps out in many, many, many ways. So, um, am I missing anything? No, I think you covered it all. Yeah. And you can find all of this information. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find all of this information on thisisgameboy.com. <laughs> <laughs> Back oh, to the start. Man. Let's do it all over again. <laughs> We're doing the episode backwards now. So, uh, Mo, what's your, what's my thought and history of the, um, so... <laughs> oh, man. So we have a couple of games we're choosing for next time, eh? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh man, I'm good with either one of them. I've played both, and I like both. So okay, no, all right. I think it's your choice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I just didn't know which one to pick myself. So uh, let's just go with the first one, because uh, we have not done any of these yet. Um, so we have it. Yeah, um, that's it for this episode for sure. Enough talking about Kid Icarus or Pit or uh, whatever he wants to call himself nowadays. Uh, but uh, next time, um, you will actually be hearing from me alone in my light episode about um, about system challenges. Um, and like we mentioned it on, on Twitter, like we cut that episode because uh, that was going to be released before this of course but like Lex was getting married and <laughs> you have a lot of stuff to do when you're getting married so I was like you know what just uh, just drop it for now I have an exam coming up as well so um, we'll just skip that one um, and uh, yeah. like just after this episode we're just back on our normal schedule so uh, one normal episode and one light per month yeah. I, ha- I had I had a lot going on too. I was playing Assassin's Creed. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't have to do anything, anyways. It was just my light. That, <laughs> no, I mean it was my light that had oh, to yeah. be released. Like <laughs> we didn't have to record oh, with yeah. you or anything. Uh, but yeah, we would be back to our regular schedule uh, <laughs> from now on. So uh, next time yeah. we'll dive into uh, another game where people would be like. I've never played these games before because they're probably just ports of the NES games. And they are not, but uh, let's dive into the very first Mega Man game for Game Boy called Dr. Wily's Revenge. See you then. Rockman World 1. Or that, yes. (laughs) See you then, bye!
I always I do the outro different every damn time. 